You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 327. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is we're going to be full NPR today and on our best behavior. Hi. Uh because we're this is like let me let me this do is, it like NPR. Shut the hell up. Hi. <laughs> shut up. We're busy. We are uh this is like when the teacher has the principal sitting in the back of the class. Uh-huh. And uh she's I I never went to school, so I'm assuming. Um it, this is how I always pictured it before the the movie got dirty. Uh is that <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Boss Hog Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 327 of East St. Louis' favorite podcast. Jeremiah Morrill, Dakota Davis, executive video producer, audio engineer, Zach Bircham. Uh We are being audited today by our our, our network uh, brass uh, and his uh, his sidekick, <laughs> uh, and then our roommate, Brian. Excuse me, Chief Diversity Officer? What was that word? Did you Officer. slur that? Right, you can do it. Officer? He's high on Pizza King. tonight. <laughs> Pizza King Sorry. really did him in. I had one chocolate covered pretzels and woo. He had the, the oh, you didn't have the, you didn't have Brian's King. special pretzels, did you? <laughs> <laughs> the ones for his back <laughs> make you feel real good. Dakota, <laughs> Dakota, to your part. Today's episode features Mr. Chris Spangle, who is from BET, and he is here to entertain us all, not just Harry. And Harry is here from Loki Wall. That was very clever. And uh, Harry's here. He's from the Loki Wall show. Quips. We're going to be uh, we're going to be talking to Harry about all kinds of things, not, not just internet security and IT work. We're also going to probably talk about vehicles, Harry. I hope you're ready. Good, good, good. And then we also have Mr. Brian very, Nichols. We have from- some very passionate hot takes about rotary engines. Be prepared. <laughs> I have a luck. The rotary's back. It's great. It's, it's, w- it's Wankle Wednesday, everybody. <laughs> Yeah, what? That's a great segment. <laughs> we that. also have Mr. Brian Nichols from the Brian Nichols Show, who is in the studio, this side of the studio building. I'm tonight. your neighbor. Yeah, um, weird over here. We just wanted to point out all the dust on the ground and how you've chosen to walk over it. <laughs> he's, he's a really he just he believes in property rights. He I, only I, I, I pay rent on that side, <laughs> right? Of the studio, Jer. There is an empty box of chocolates. There is a box of tea, an open jar of honey. They're all on the desk tonight, and that is what we talked about in Patreon. And uh, if you want to hear any of that, then you have to go to patreon.com slash Liberty. That's where you can support the show on a monetary level every month. They start out at $5 a month. They go all the way up to $50 a month. Sure do. This show is about our lives in rural Indiana, who push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new. Uh, tonight we're going to learn about diversity with Chris. Uh, $50 or more a month, Dakota. Who are those people? $50 or more, you get a shout out at the front of the show and your business slash whatever you want to plug. And those folks are Miss Christy Avery from all the way in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Ooh. our favorite Norwex dealer. Mr. Jonathan Phillips, um, our favorite car dealer in the continental United States, Andy Moore, Buick, GMC, and Fishers, Indiana. And then Mr. Anthony Meyer, who's, uh, I wonder if he's being able to catch his breath after the Christmas rushers. Now it's just all the returns are being processed. So maybe it's even busier. Did you guys have a good Christmas? Had a great Christmas. Do you have stuff to return? Uh, No. Gift cards? Are you rich in gift cards? No, not anymore. No? Yeah, I get one gift card. You've you've seasoned through into just socks and underwear? Yeah, I mean, I'm a dad now. 
you know, uh, everybody's a dad here. Congrats on the sex. Jerem and not me. You just like that's when it dries up because all the presents are now for your kids. Correct. You know, and and you care about about the presents for the kids. It's like I got I got a cool present from my dad. It was a set of LED lights that I really wanted and and a Weber grill. But my dad just is super extra. You know, but everybody, you know, it's really about like seeing your kid get the Play-Doh uh, ice cream sundae with the real slime drizzle and mm-hmm. then spending like her favorite present was we got her the princess bicycle, not Santa, because that fat man doesn't need the credit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so we got her a princess bicycle. Her favorite gift was the six dollar pair of craft scissors her first pair of scissors and so while she her bike is sitting there as she has opened the bike she's like you know what runs over gets her scissors and starts cutting the paper yeah (laughs) off the bike it's just fun how their little brains work so it was like great for those experiences jackson is obsessed with scissors just got every time we wrapped presents it was just saving a chunk of paper for him so that he could cut it into the microscopic pieces oh. that get caught in the rug and you have to sweep up <laughs> on your yeah. way home get we santa brought her craft paper too like two big things Brilliant. of craft paper Ooh. and so today i mean it looked like a new orleans parade with all the confetti because she's just cutting she's cutting me basketballs as we're watching the pacers mm-hmm. like she's on fire yeah 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 i gave gunther um a real pair of scissors uh finally she finally graduated with real scissors. She can't use them at school though, but mm-hmm. uh, freaking dangerous with them though. Cause she's uh, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> a little running around the house with them right now, but it's okay. Has she tried to cut her hair? Um, no, fortunately that has not happened yet. Barbie's I, hairs? Uh, no Barbie's hair yet. I think it's mainly because I very emphasis on this is for paper and paper only. Smart, and and yeah. we have different scissors for fabric and this scissors are for hair and those scissors that she knows these are directly for hair. She can't get That's to. actually a really good idea. Yeah. Harry, I feel like you're a guy that would have his own dedicated meat cutting scissors. Do you have meat scissors in the I house? I do. Like, actually do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, I felt like Harry would definitely have a set. Harry has scissors for every project. Who doesn't have meat scissors in their house? Yeah, what I, kind of scissors would you use for Chicken and yeah, the scissors same scissors and I open and, the mail with. I actually have a separate scissors for chicken and pork. Right. I've got one set that the okay. red one is for. Um, uh, you don't have kosher scissors, you animal. This is why we had to bring the diversity I, officer I in to explain this to you. Your chef's knife. Oh, have you never used scissors? I use a chef knife. Oh man, scissors I'm very skilled far, with it. I don't. The need Koreans scissors. are correct. Scissors are far superior kitchen utensil. Mm. Yeah, I love the scissors. Yeah. Got to, got it. But my, our scissors are all stainless and they just come apart mm-hmm. so that you can flop them mm-hmm. in the dishwasher. Did you get the big it's ones so you nice. can pick your whole hand into it oh, too? Yeah, yeah those great. are really nice. I like those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, scissor talk on the Boss Hog Liberty. <laughs> Zach, have you got any scissoring idea? Any scissoring tip? No, I was keeping myself on that one. Lions and the Cowboys play on Saturday. We get to watch my team great on QVC. I know. We could sell scissors all day. Brian, you're. Brian, your team's playing Monday Night Football on Saturday night. How do you feel about that? uh, You know why? Why? The NFL gave up on January 1st. They they gave it to the uh, children because college football is for the kids. Yeah, makes sense. Well, yeah, you know. uh, New Year's Day. I think also the NFL just really wants money. Money, money, yeah. money. They, they, they don't want anybody to be distracted when those Thursday when Dan Campbell and his his lions come to town. They have There's Thursday creeping into Saturday now. Friday night football. They have Saturday night football. Sunday, Monday. So the only two days you're not having football are Tuesday and Wednesdays. Al Michaels, That's nuts. Does anyone watch Thursday night football on Twitch? No. It's usually terrible. 
It's on Amazon. They, it's they usually had, a bad game. I think Al Michaels has now officially percent. called an NFL game on every day of the week. Now he can die. Wow. Yeah. Because of COVID. Oh, that's now, right. Yeah. COVID, season. COVID, that's right. COVID yeah. pushed it around enough. And then I think he called a Thursday game at Thanksgiving. So he, or I guess he's done Thursday earlier. He did. Or it was the Friday game. It was the first NFL Friday game they ever had. Uh, and it was the oh. day game, the Black Friday the game. Black, which yeah. is brilliant. Al, Al Michaels called that game. By the way, there's a backstory on the law on that one, too. Did mm. you know that? Mm-mm. That game had to be played mid afternoon because when the NFL allowed the, N- the AFL, the con- Congress allowed the NFL and the AFL to merge. Okay. And they had a carve out that said you can't counter program high school football. Ah. So you cannot, by law, have an NFL game after like 6 p.m. on a Friday. So that's why that game was played at like 3 in the afternoon. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Nice. I'm a basketball fan now. I watched. I always was more of a basketball you fan. Have, you must you, have Bally we Sports to, money. We've been talking about the Pacers a lot. We went too, to a Pacer that. game and it reminded me how much I loved watching basketball. And so we like... Every other night in now, person. watch the Pacer game. Yeah, in person, it was especially. so fun, but it's so much quicker than the NFL. It's like the same. You used to watch the football game and then watch a baseball game and go, "Oh, this is so slow." It's Are like, you going in person to the that the, the Pacers game? Oh, we don't have that kind of money. No, I, I was given. I was given tickets. I think yeah. the context was different too because it's a yeah. smaller court. These guys yes. are ginormous human beings. Like it's, they take four yeah. steps and they cross the entire mm-hmm. court. You go to a Pacer game where football feels three. It's, it's feet. huge. Yeah. But when you go to a Pacer game, the entire hour and a half, two hours you're there, you are entertained by something. Right. Mm-hmm. When they take it, a break, there's the trapeze the artists and the dancers it and the seems lights. Like with what you were saying with the NFL being slow, it seems like anymore there's so many flags yeah. on every oh, play. Every this play. year has been excruciating. And then it's been for so some bad. reason the officials feel like they have to do a ten minute monologue every time that there's right. a flag and walk over there. Puffed chest, click the button for their microphone, and then do their sign language. You yeah. know who set that the whole <laughs> stage up for the refs to do this pomp and circumstance? It's Ed Hockley. I blame mm-hmm. Ed Hockley. Yep. That jacked sob he just got an he's old a lawyer fat, like too. That was his them. day job, and then he's like, "I'm gonna be a, a ref. Why not?" There's just his this. son does it now. Yeah, he does. He, he does the exact same thing his dad does. Everybody does the in the NFL is at 500. It's you know, it's I don't know. There's just something about the NFL that isn't the same as like. Ten years ago, when I was watching oh, yeah. it, I think there's the, no the, well the quarterbacks two things as elite. I think you're having more injuries because you welcome the the wall uh, sports segment of the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've we've gone from pocket passers. So Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, those yeah. guys were all pocket passers. Now we've gone to where these guys are running around. So you've got Tua Tagliavoa who gets his head smacked on the ground and misses time. Anthony Richards for the Colts. A- Anthony Richardson gets gets hurt. Aaron Rodgers. First damn play of the game, his his yeah. you know his ligament snap because he's my age, um, but you've got had like fourteen of the teams are on their original quarterback. The rest of the league has has had to go to their backups at least for significant. And if you time. don't have a good quarterback, you don't have a team. You're screwed. Well, and let me and put then, my old man hat on really quick. I mean, goodness, like the part <laughs> of the problem is that welcome to Indiana. Yeah, I'm here now. Uh, <laughs> I'm embracing my role. No, but like part of the problem too is that there has been such a a focus away from like truly practicing, trying to the, uh, focus on the details. Like you're seeing it, the quality in the game on the field is diminished. Like you, you mentioned 10 years ago, it's mm-hmm. not the same game. It's it's a completely different game. Yeah. And you're missing out on that quality and the attention to detail that really does help not only make a better quality game, but it, it avoids the injuries. Like if your offensive linemen 
are garbage, your quarterback's going to get hurt. Yeah. If your quarterback's going to mm-hmm. get hurt, you're going to have a subpar quarterback throwing the ball to your receivers. That means that your receivers aren't going to have quality passes coming their way, which means you're going to try to rely on the running back, which means the defenses are going to know you're going to be running the ball. They're going to be playing mm-hmm. at your run game. It's, it's, you, you barely, that you've work. cut, you've cut practice down to almost nothing. Training camp is, yeah. is, is, is like two weeks. The Cowboys just had their, I'm a Cowboys fan. That's my sin, my cross to bear here. Um, oh, I knew it. I know. It's, it's, I know. You, just you look at him. You can fan? see it in his face. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the attitude. They, they just yeah. had their yeah. last padded practice where they could hit each other. Oh, really? There's three more weeks in the season. Like, they can't tackle each other anymore. Well, like, and the thing with basketball is like Reagan doesn't really follow sports, but she can, she doesn't mind watching it because there's, there's action. There's like, you don't really have to know the players. There's exciting plays. It's, it's there's five of them. Like, right. Yeah. Whereas football. You don't West really... Virginia 17, North Carolina 10 in the Duke Mail Bowl game right now. Yeah. Right. And then now they're scoring up to 152 a game. Which is yeah. nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I remember back smaller. when they used to play defense, you know? Yeah. You can't Jim do that. Yeah. So here's my here's my no quarrel with the NFL right now. Uh two things are happening that people that cause people to pay attention. One, fantasy football is taking over the world. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but they're destroying their product because today, to save $40 million, the Waltons, who own the Denver Broncos, have benched Russell Wilson for the next two weeks. <laughs> Why? Because there's a clause that says that if he's hurt and can't pass a physical March 1st, they have to pay him $40 million additional. So they just benched his ass and said, yeah, we're probably not going to win anything. So we're done. And he's not that good to begin with. So he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But yeah, it's fine. But not this Uh, season. The Broncos aren't that good yet. They're rebuilding. So anyway, rebuilding here. There are, as I said on Facebook today, uh, and if the Waltons don't have $40 million, they paid $4 billion. He's already guaranteed 85. Yeah. So it's it's an additional $40 million. The economy's bad. If Russell Wilson gets his money, it's going to cost you an extra nickel for those chicken cutting scissors. Billionaires are struggling too. <laughs> Listen, okay. Jack, exactly. it's Bidenomics. So Frank Reich is struggling. Let's appreciate yeah. Frank Reich Frank, being fired Frank, twice. Frank's been fired twice in twelve months. And, and meanwhile, he's making like eighty million dollars a month. Yeah. What a life! <laughs> if you know, if, if Frank Reich, if you want to invest anywhere, <laughs> just become a patron, please. <laughs> so anyway, uh, same Andrew Bowman. The NFL has their fantasy football problem. People are playing their championship game this weekend with hundreds of dollars on the line and things they worked on all year. Yeah. And then Russell Wilson, who might have been your starting quarterback, me, uh, just got benched. And they said, sorry, screw you, you Jerry. hear him like, yeah, the, the intense. And issue. secondly, more, more importantly, more important. I lost in a very sad matchup last week. So I'm, I was, so I'm I. in the third place game. Uh, the other more money on the line. People have legitimate money on Legit- like, I was le- just about we, to say that. We have massive gambling yeah. industry here. You're not even in all 50 states, but the reason that Mark Cuban just sold his basketball team to uh, a woman named Adelson who runs a major casino in Vegas is because with the collapse of these, like, try to find a basketball game. It's impossible unless you have one carrier, which my brother fortunately has a login for, um, Bally, which is bankrupt. Well, he, we don't have Bally. He has like the, the dish, one of the dishes. And so you have one of the dishes. You can watch everything. Otherwise you're out of luck. You're not mm-hmm. watching basketball because the Bally's, you know, what used to be Fox sports regional, that's all collapsing. So the only way that these franchises in all of these major sports are going to make money is off of gambling. Yep. It's all, off which the, has the DraftKings advertising. And, and it's all on your phone and it's gamified and it has, massive implications for the mental health of the men in this country. Yep. And it has massive implications for the financial welfare 
of regular middle class and lower class families. But when you already but, had your parlay for the week put together and then the Broncos sit their right. freaking quarterback down, somebody's not going to make rent this month. Right. And so the the reason that you are now seeing these teams like why is why are the Washington Bullets, I will not call them the Capitals. The, what are they Jesus called? Christ. How many sports are you going to say? Bullets, Wizards? The, the Capitals play hockey. No, whatever. The Bullets are pew-pew. And they've been gone. The and Bullets Michael Jordan and the Wizards, wore the Wizards jersey. The Bullets and the Wizards and the Capitals are all soon moving. They'll be the, soon they'll okay, be the Virginia was, Wizards. Yeah. I, I'm just terrorizing you. But the reason they're moving into Arlington is because they're getting public money. And so to own an NFL team is to become a billionaire off of gambling from middle class and lower class people who don't have it and from taxpayers who also don't have it. Yep. But these cities like Indianapolis, the sports strategy worked. People want to live in Indianapolis. They want to go to Indianapolis. I love living downtown. Right. And so it's, it's I, ca- I caught heat it's, over this. It's going to become an increasingly predatory segment of our society in mm-hmm. 10 to 20 years. Yep. Professional sports will be one of the most predatory evils in America. I caught heat over this, but the stadium, the arena that the bullets built right. uh, is the same age as Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Yeah. And I I don't know what's going to happen when the Simon, the last Simon brother dies, mm-hmm. but Indianapolis better be damn sure that they've got that thing locked up for 20, 25 years in the future. Yeah. Or else... Nashville's going to come calling. Well, the city, Seattle's going to come calling. The city gave them a bailout. The the Pacers are deeply, deeply invested in the city in a way that the Colts are too. But uh, the the oldest is the the baseball stadium, which is still very nice, Mm -hmm. still an industry leader. (laughs) Gamebridge, I'm not worried about because they just did the renovation. But again, they've had the Pacers have had public money bail them out to save them from bankruptcy. They've had just had the, 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 there's an ice skating rink right now that you can take your family to. It's, it's, they've upgraded. They've continued to add money to that. Yeah. But those, those things buy you another five to 10 years. Right. They don't buy you, you know, you and I are now of a certain age where we can remember RCA Dome was getting, was, you know, Aging. aging. They were saying, there was the, the morning where John Clayton is sitting there before Colts game in December saying, Man, they are moving this team to Los Angeles mm-hmm. like in two years. Yeah. Like the threats were real and they were there. And these like stadiums, the these stadiums are the same age now as they were when they were moving them. Yeah. And we've watched, we've now watched an entire life cycle where Atlanta built a stadium for the Olympics. They've already moved on to the new place. Yeah. Like these, the, 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 the Redskin commander football team <laughs> has, has two, two stadiums and they want a third. I think, but I think in 10 years, like, first of all, it's the Pacers and I love the Pacers, but the Pacers are a, an eighth in the Eastern team Mm -hmm. and will always be an eighth in the Eastern team. They're not like the fever who are going to get two first round draft picks two years in a row and be a monster massive hit, Mm -hmm. but they're still not going to sell out Cambridge. The Pacers don't sell out Cambridge. I mean, there's, if, if, they were the Lakers, then you might have that discussion. But the problem in well, 10 years have is mass transit. the cost to taxpayers is going to be so exorbitant that you're going to, you're going to start to see these cities start to push back. It's not like, or say 10, 15 years ago where the city knows if the Colts leave, we go back to Indian place and the whole strategy falls apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't think you could be in that situation with the Pacers because I think in 10 years, it's it's like um, the Olympics. Nobody wants to host the Olympics anymore. Nobody wants to host the World Cup. The benefits now don't match 
what it costs to do the Olympics. And so you're going to have to see a necessary shrinking of public investment or it's just not going to happen. You're going to you're going to end up in Dubai with just Saudi Arabia and that opens up, you know, all of the moral quandaries and slavery. <laughs> live, that. live money is going to dominate American sports in, in all assets. Yeah, the all only aspects. way they can make that up is is through gambling. So you are seeing pressure. The NFL, the players union has has been very vocal about wanting all of these playing surfaces changed to real natural ga- grass. Uh, Brenda Greider says, uh, you confused me. I thought it was Thursday. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, they moved it's, it it's, for me. And then my photo shoot got moved to noon. <laughs> <laughs> so we could have well, done it. Yeah. You never know. You never know what's happening. Um, the NFL is getting pressured by their union to move to all, all grass. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that you just exactly what you're talking about for the world cup. They're ripping out the sod in Cincinnati off their field and all of these others. And they roll in grass just for the for the soccer games. Wow. They did it at Lucas Oil when when they had a, a a European group come in and they played soccer there. They put they put real grass down for those games and they rip it back up and put the turf back in. Well, hell, they put wow. the monster dirt. Have you ever have you ever been to a monster jam? Monster jam is the best. It's so, awesome. Yeah. So put that, the, the monster so much, trucks with the so dirt in the Lucas Oil. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. the, the estimate is it's fifteen to twenty million dollars a year. They could do every stadium. And it would cost the team fifteen to twenty million dollars a year to do the to do the legit grass, mm-hmm. but these billionaire owners don't want to pay for yeah. it. That's the that's the fight you're seeing. Yeah. So the 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 unions are putting a massive pressure on. Which well, I know the Dakota's, with football is Dakota's the big union guy, so I'm sure he's on the player side. Like, like the lack of of practice, like that's simply to protect the health of the players. Like, mm-hmm. how many more of these guys need? It's like. How many wrestling. players have torn their Achilles in MetLife? But I'm saying like, like this year, though, the, like, the CTE and oh, all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. The, the NFL, if it exists in 35 years, I'll be amazed. But like, if you're an owner of a schedule. team, yeah. you're look. If, if I'm an owner of a team and I'm seeing the quality of the the product I'm delivering be just drastically reduced, and namely because the quality of the players is being reduced because you're losing all of your quality players to injury. Mm-hmm. I think it just makes sense then to say, okay, we need, we need to make this as an investment. So we're protecting the, the longevity of the game, but right. also we're protecting the quality of the product we're putting back out. I mean, this goes back to what we were talking about with the refs and stuff like as the refs uh, have been ruining the game with throwing as many flags as they have this year, more and more people are, are complaining about it. It's yeah. like, it's getting to the point now where not only the fans have been complaining, players are complaining, coaches are complaining. It's every single week, but it's impacting the actual like product that's coming out. Now, at what point does that impact advertisers? Well, the eyeballs are still there. And yeah. that's that's the, the part that we have to see what will follow. Like, will the eyeballs leave? I'm if doing my part. You're doing your <laughs> part? No. <laughs> I told him he looked like white white Dak Prescott, and he was like, thanks. And he <laughs> no, had no idea. Then I showed him a picture, and he goes, oh, yeah. He does, actually, yeah. <laughs> You look mediocre. Hey, 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 let let Harry talk. Most of the sports fans, for lack of a better term, are kind (laughs) of like they're they're kind of stupid because they keep turning and watching. Even the sport, because we have the same issue when it comes to just sports video game. People keep buying the crap from EA for FIFA and Madden for decades now and they yep. keep buying even though it's the same crap and nothing's and, changed and that, nothing that, that's changed. the that's that, an easy isn't that the question across it. the board why do we keep doing the things we hate we know we don't like this stuff it's oh, like, yeah, i'll tell you why why do we, we eat a mcdonald's options. when we know it's terrible because we don't have options at least we don't think we do but i mean Correct. going back to ea right the last great football game i truly remember was 
uh, ESPN NFL 2K5. It was a yeah. Sega game, mm-hmm. yeah. and Madden was from Madden EA were so afraid of this game that they went and they they purchased the licensing stole the, the licensing. NFL yeah. for ten years. And then they just got that renewed again back yeah. in, in like right. it was like 2016 Correct. somewhere yeah. in there. Up it's in, like into the future, yes. Yeah. So this billion dollar industry, and it's not really, and they most make their money off of gambling, just like the regular NFL. Yeah. So does, there's or, no, or, or yeah, NHL, there's no yeah. choice now. So like, it, you it's, and, and that's that's like the issue with Bally Sports, where you can't really watch the NBA because of the the contract money, or like hmm. IndyCar has the best. I, I I hate the cord. I am a cord cutter, but I hate it. Because it's impossible to watch anything, especially live sports, without spending another hundred dollars on ten dollars a month here and there, hmm. and you know. But IndyCar, it's like five bucks a month. You just sign up, and you, everything's on IndyCar. They give you the best coverage. You get to see every test stuff. No fan other than Jeremiah care about, but they're shopping the TV money because Zach they cares. Have TV. you met Zach Burton? I was yeah. going to say, like, <laughs> racing's not that they, way. You they can give, buy every racing segment of what you want, what right. you want to watch. Right. Yeah. And then they, if they get a bunch of TV money, they can actually make the teams work a little bit better because they get all the money. But then the fan loses out because they're going to have to go over here and watch it on cable here or yeah. streaming on this one. And then you don't know how to watch a race. And so the experience is better. So you go, I'm out. Bye. I don't know how to watch NASCAR, so I don't and, watch it anymore. And that's the it. reason. So this is, I have not watched the Pacers game. It's impossible. In, it's impossible. I haven't watched a Pacers game in probably four seasons. Yeah. I'm a happy Google YouTube TV subscriber, mm-hmm. and they are off the radar for me. And the problem is, is that I don't care. Right. Right. And I'm a, I'm a, I grew up you in would the watch 90s. them if you really, yeah. I grew up in the 90s with Travis Best and Reggie Miller and Austin right. Crozier and, you know, Rick Smith, Dale Davis, Antonio Davis, all of, you know, the, you could, I yeah. could name the roster today from mm-hmm. 1996. I couldn't tell you three players that are on the team now. And it doesn't upset me because they've lost, they've lost me. I just don't, right. I just don't care. And, and it probably started with the brawl. But they've lost the generation of 35, 40 year old right. people that are now making the money where they could be the season right. ticket holders. There's right. nothing there. There's no emotional connection. And I I couldn't give a damn. Well, you know, Whereas what's missing? the Colts did keep that. They, they did like so much about entertainment now is activating that nostalgia story. Yeah. Story. Yeah. Right. The story. Like this is the Gary Vaynerchuk, like why he is so focused on you establishing a narrative, like what's your story? Yeah. And it's because you have to have, so like you, you were going back. Like I, I know none of those players. I'm not a big basketball fan, but like for you, that attaches a, a time frame, a, a nostalgic memory in, in mind. And like, see, they're showing you're not a real Hoosier yeah, right now. Right I know. It's yeah. very okay. sad. You need to know Here, you ready? I'm going to make this even worse. Like nineties <laughs> Cowboys. I think of Troy Aikman. Yeah. Emmett Smith, Larry Allen. It's Michael really why Lerman. is a Cowboys fan? A Cowboys fan is because of nostalgia. You have nothing else. A hundred percent. Absolutely. I'll say a hundred percent. Leon quarterback Leon is Le- they, legitimately they a, great. They but won Chris a Super Bowl Bonial. last time before Dakota was born. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like 1995. Yeah. That, that's how long ago it was. You 96, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was before you were born. So, like, yeah. Well, so, the game was played in his lifetime. But, like, think about that. Is it because oh, there was a go. story that was being told? And, like, now that story is something you can tell your kids. Like, I was telling my wife, there was, the Cowboys just played the Bills and they got their asses kicked this past week or a couple weekends ago. You're reminding her uh, of it, how you tough. won those two Super Bowls against them? No, no. I was reminding her it was my first ever football game. And it was when I went to go see the Bills in the Cowboys game. It was Monday Night Football in 2007. I brought my dad. It was his first ever football game, too. And it was a crazy game. Romo threw five interceptions in the first 
half. Cowboys were getting their asses kicked. They came back second half. They ended up, um, they scored a touchdown. They were down by two points. They went for the two point conversion. They didn't get it. Went for an onside kick, got the onside kick. Then the end of the game, they had to kick a 52 yard field goal. They made it, but the head coach called timeout for the bills. So they iced the kicker. Then he had to kick it again and he did. And it all happened right in front of my dad and I. And like, there was a story that like that, like that was attached to the team. Cause it was Tony Romo, Jason Witten, um, like all these names that were part of the, the Cowboys for like entire 10 years. Now players jump from one team to the next yeah, and you don't yeah. really have an attachment to them. You're like, all right, I'm going to see you for maybe two seasons. Like that's, I was a big Amari Cooper. That's fan. a huge problem. Pl- problem in basketball is that they do. Yeah. They travel around yeah. every two yeah, like years. Like super late, teams and stuff like yeah. that. Like if yeah. you were a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, right? Was that the best? No, team? if you're a Pacer right? fan, you go, thank goodness we have Tyrese Halliburton locked down for three years, mm-hmm. but then it's Laker time. So why get emotionally invested in Tyrese right. Halliburton right now? Because when, if he continues to play at this elite level, mm-hmm. Just imagine He's if not LeBron stay. James had stayed in Cleveland for, right, yeah. right forever. He would be like an absolute icon and it right. would be undisputed, but because he's gone from team to team and he's like tried to create super teams on all these individual teams, it's kind of like poisoned right. when, what his role would be when and there's the nothing heat, to look to. When the Heat said, hey, we can, when the players themselves instead of general managers took over teams right and lebron and Dwayne wade and was it chris chris uh chris bosh when those three came to miami and they said we're gonna win here yep and the players started assembling their teams that was the beginning of the nba and the and the pacers becoming irrelevant yeah where the donnie walsh's no longer could do what he did effectively because there's no way milwaukee indiana Minnesota, those, you know, the Oklahoma City, even it, it's those, now, those it's communities now a little had, better. It's better. I mean, had no ability to compete with that. Boston's still the best team in the in the East right now, but the second best is Milwaukee because of Giannis. And so it's it's it parity starting to kind of come to the NBA a little bit. But then, you know, then there's the Pistons. Who are have lost a historic twenty seven? When I drove to Detroit last, are you week. glad you came out for this, Harry? Yeah, when so I agree. glad he. It's good. Dakota, isn't it great? He wrote down a roadmap for this episode. <laughs> right, you two look like you're having fun. When I when having I drove to Detroit right last yeah, week, all the sports talks. Cool. I saw I saw their sign that said three NBA championships, so they can cry with those. I right. don't care. <laughs> I I really I don't want to hear their violence. Detroit violins. had to sacrifice the Pistons to get the Lions, Harry. <clears throat> Will you please explain to us what the hell Chris Bengel's been up to? What do you mean? What I don't know. What, what is what is he he's like side gigging you on? Yeah, what's he been doing on you? He's been like of all of the people that I thought were going to get a contract at BET. Personally, yeah, I did yeah, not I have did, him. I, in, I didn't have that peg. I did not have him in the pool. No, 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 not, not no. Um, and a lot of the times when um I tell people about it. They think it's a, my other friend, Chris, that I have. <laughs> Is he black? Uh, yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> Do you tell them his face got tweeted out by BT's Twitter account? Um, no, I didn't tell them that because that's just sad. It's um, not the, when I do show them his episodes and clips and they're just like, oh my God, that is him. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't think it was the Chris that wears sunscreen in winter. Yeah. I have more I Midwestern my- rural white people in the boomer category, especially watching BET mm-hmm. along with Miss Pat. Obviously, she's the reason that any of them are watching. Yeah. But then, than anyone else in history, I think, yeah. you know, my, my dad's ex-girlfriend at Thanksgiving was like, or a Christmas, she's like, it's my favorite show. I watch it every single day. I'm like, 
No one in Putnam County had ever turned on BET until. <laughs> oh, know. oh, my friend circle was like, we get this channel. <laughs> right. right. My, my dad, it was legitimately funny. My dad legitimately called, called me and he goes, they air that here. <laughs> I have BET. I can watch you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's basic cable. It was owned by Viacom. It's and we're, uh, we're talking about the Miss Pat show on BET Plus. Miss Pat settles it. The funny thing on is, BET Network. My Very wife close. said the same oh, okay. thing. It's like, we get BET. Different <laughs> I'm shocked too. But yeah, we got BET. Yeah, so Miss Pat settles it is on tonight, Wednesday night at 10 p.m. on BET. Now, and how do you how do you handle flying back and forth to Los Angeles for to a, to do a show every week? Every, I don't understand uh, how how you keep the schedule. It's, it's it's the money, Jer. The money just keeps flowing, and I keep flying. That's how it works. Uh, now it's it was really cool. Like I I auditioned uh, sometime around this time last year, which was like over a Zoom. <laughs> and someone called from uh, BT and said they wanted to. That's how they. And so I was like, okay. I figured it probably had to do with something with Pat. But Pat and Dion never said anything, right? So I was like, this is kind of odd. But I'm just talking to a guy on Zoom, and he's nice, so I'll do this. And um, did that. I ended up getting making it through that process. Uh, then I got shot the pilot in LA last February. Um. I did okay, but well enough to kind of get passed on to the to the TV show and got a few episodes. But like I literally thought I was being punked because nobody Oh had sure, said, send the plane tickets, I'll go. Right. No, because I had a friend who kind of had something like that happen and had money stolen. And so like Miss Pat hadn't said anything about it, and nobody had said anything. And you didn't that have this the stones to text her and be like, and uh, so uh, she's not saying anything that she probably doesn't, you know, there's usually a reason. So I texted her assistant. I was like, is Pat going to LA next week? She's like, yes. I was like, okay, then I'll give him my flight. So I, you know, I flew in and I got, I got the audition and made it through, did six episodes of the, of the 20. And it was really fun. It was such a cool, different experience to get to go and be a part of a TV show. <laughs> it's produced by the people who do Jersey Shore, Tila Tequila, Tool Academy, like, TV royalty. One one of the guys worked for Letterman. Like they just they they booked the, the, all these are real cases. They're real people. I thought they're, your nudity was very tasteful. I thought as well. so too. Like right? I tasteful side. Boot. What was yeah. hilarious is <laughs> Ray J. Ray J's on the cast with me, and I was the one that was nude. So it's a fun twist. Um, <laughs> very artistic. Not nearly as impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they, some, of them, some of them had never seen a white one before, so they wanted the, the, the diversity. The higher. first day of shooting, I was legitimately Just for contrast in the room shooting the, th He's the, the show. control group. I was literally the only white man in the room. It was, I think there was one white woman in the audience. That's it how was, I felt when I lived in Philadelphia. Yeah, right. How does that feel? <laughs> <laughs> I always tell Miss Pat, I'm like, you know, every co host I've ever had has been black between Abdul and Harry, and she's like, you lying. They're not real black. Well, it's just different black. That's southern redneck black. I'm northern England, you know, North yeah, New England black. Yeah. black. You're a landowner black. <laughs> yeah, land, yeah, landowner black. <laughs> no, look, Harry, flip the script. Dakota, <laughs> nobody loves waifus more than this man. Okay? There's several more people that like them more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also humble. <laughs> but no, yeah, like I said, landowner, uh, New England. When, when I told you that I was going to be on BT, what were your thoughts? Well, first, like, um, 
I kept wondering what type of show they would have you on <laughs> because I like, couldn't be in a food show, you know, because when podcaster needs a wife, food show <laughs> too bland. <laughs> it was BET wife swap. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I I would I would pay to watch. That. Well, the premise of the show is it's like Judge Judy. And it's all legitimate, real cases. It's mm-hmm. real money, and Miss Pat settles it. She, you know, is a convicted felon. By the but way, also how, a judge. how does that work? Like, they they go around, and I don't know how much I can say, but they go around the South looking for cases. These are not Los Angeles people, and the they're no, they're real people. They're real these, cases because I I kind of wondered, and then I they all started like following me, and I followed them back on Instagram, and they're just regular people living their regular lives. And they had a small claim suit against somebody, and there's a backstory. So they call them, they ask them. And how does how does Miss Pat get the authority? So they dismiss, and then they enter into arbitration. So so, so Miss Pat is the arbitrator. She is yes. literally arbitrating arbitrator. these cases legally. Holy, it's real money. So <laughs> there's a there's a really yeah. funny bit of her talking on Bob and Tom, saying how she didn't realize that they were real cases. So she was like. Add another three grand. I was there on for it. that one, and they literally pulled her out because she's like, you know what? I'm going to give you another five hundred dollars for this. And there was like, normally she'd go out, confer, come back in with the decision, and that one she was gone for like thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and afterwards, she told us that it's like, this is real money. <laughs> it was, and you know, it's it's a. What's different about it is it's real cases, but then there's a celebrity jury and me, mm-hmm. and we help You're her celebrity. judge the case. Am I a celebrity? Yeah, you got an IMDb page, right? No, I don't even oh. have a Wikipedia. I have an IMDb page. What are you doing? Maybe maybe now somebody can make me a Wikipedia page. I might qualify that I'm on basic cable, but yeah. we are libertarians apparently didn't do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, imagine that <laughs> it's it's just a really fun show. It's like one of those shows, like in Practical Jokers, that you could watch over and over and over, and never get bored with it, see something new every mm-hmm. time. So I'm fingers crossed, hoping it it tr- turns into a season two. And wait till you get your own on. BET spinoff. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Maybe the food show. Maybe pitch pitch. They won't even tag him on social media. <laughs> Everybody else does. They don't. They just the the white libertarian from Indiana. I don't think they're. They're, they're tagging me, but the ramen noodle hair was great. Yeah, that was yeah, great. That, was, that was good. That was li- so I put the ramen noodle. This is like these bad bad wigs case, mm-hmm. and they smelled horrible. They were like so musty. But you got to do. <laughs> Did they bring the wigs in for it. evidence? It great. You got to do the go the extra mile. And I don't know anything about wigs, and so I put it on my head to be funny, which turned into like a great fo- photo worthy moment. But then Pat goes. I hope none of you put that on your head because lice still could live in those. Mm-hmm. And I, so I spent the next two cases <laughs> freaking out because you all know me. Like, you know what a germaphobe I am. I'm like going, I'm going to get lice from these dirty wigs. Uh, 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 I turned into monk. You could feel them crawling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every, every ounce of your strength not to itch yourself. Yeah. They were just, they were just using you as a breeding ground and there's nothing you could do about no. it. <laughs> No, and it's it, it, two more cases he has to sit through. Just yeah, it's fun. Ray like Jay the this this kind of podcasting, I think, like lent itself well to it because these are real like emotions and feelings and like. So yeah, so hard. as a yeah. juror, you what influence do you have? You just you're just there to be her bro. Yeah, I mean, because you don't decide like the judge decides it. You're yeah. you're like the appendix of the system here. We're we're there to like 
I think it, these cases are also 50-50, which is partly why they get picked, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But because you kind of empathize with both sides. So everybody kind of has a different perspective. But a lot of times, like, I've noticed that everybody will, it's a lot of, like, people will side with the lady. And I'm like, this guy has a point. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, so sometimes you can you can make a point and I think it makes her think about it a little bit. So it's, so like, uh, some, of the topics I, you. some of the topics I think I remember is there was a, there was a couch involved. Yeah, there was a couch there, where... There was a dog. A, a, a dog that, yeah, the couch, for instance... You know, a case uh, where two best friends, one had a key, the key entry. She was on the lives on the other side of town, but she was on that side of the side of town on a date, and she used her friend's apartment to make love and ruined the couch, and so she was suing for the couch. She ruined the couch. She ruined the couch. Ruined the couch. And there was video, which got real awkward with Ray J, <laughs> but he made the best of it. Um, you know, and then there was one girl from Alabama who was just like insane, and off the charts, and like. Flew to get her uncle fired. He was in a male beauty pageant, and she sponsored him. And then he was gonna, she was going to get Who paid back. He people? won. It, it's it's a whole different world of people that I like. What like, states are these folks coming from? I heard Alabama, Alabama, Alabama a lot. Georgia, Mississippi. Well, like, yeah, I'm just going to say the South, <laughs> Memphis, the South. Uh, yeah, my dad ran a janitorial <laughs> service when I, when I was a kid, so I have been exposed to a lot of this behavior before. Janitorial employees tend to to live very interesting lives. Mm-hmm. One one guy that worked for my dad, like you're, you're saying, that you are also killer. from the other side of the tracks. Uh, no, I was management. I was, <laughs> I was on, that, on that team, but yeah. good man, good man. <laughs> so, what did you think of the show, Harry, specifically? I was very impressed with it. Um, had a lot less swearing in it versus the mm-hmm. Miss Pat show. I yeah. will say that. Um, but it was. For the 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 couch one, right? I kept watching that, and I just go like, "Man, see this? See, see this is why I don't give Chris a key to the studio." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anything in that house that would make me erect. Sure about that? I don't okay. think I could hold one in that place. It's just, it's <laughs> quick. Hit the hit the beat. Uh, that reminds me of the time. Have you seen the, the uh, posters that I put up in the other room? <laughs> You're right. There is a picture of me. The key I to thought- the studio reminds me of the time that Harry. Made an imprint of Chris's apartment key, and then made a key at home. Did you really, did you really make an apartment key? Of a, oh, that's I forgot right. about that. Tell the story. I forgot about that. Okay. All right, so we used to uh, tape in this other smaller studio um, on the south side of town, and um, the six something. Yeah, massive, uh, massive, expensive uh, rent there for some reason. But uh, well. The person that had the key there was supposed to let me in was constantly late. And that person was, you know, should have been let go of the network, but he still works here. But so I would get fed up. So I was just saying that, hey, you know what? Because he also kept leaving his keys on the counter. So I figured I would just take a photo and just make a key. So I did. (laughs) (laughs) Worked. Did it work? It worked? Yeah, it worked. How did it work? He made a key. how How do you do that? How do you do it from a sketch? What do you mean? It's it's just well the the, the little pins on up. I'm right. not bringing keys out, but like if right. you, your keys or uh, turns out to pins that are inside to, the lock. You didn't lock. bring a picture down to the Ace Hardware and say, "Make me one of these." There was I think another you, like, 3D printed it or used foam. I did or something. not 3D yeah. printed. Um, see, um, I what I did was because uh, it was a. If I remember correctly, you was a quick set, so I just got a quick set blank, put it in the vise, and just started carving. So What's you it? did it by eye. <laughs> yeah. How many weeks? 
This is like, did I ever know? This is like Shawshank Redemption shit here oh, of how many weeks, how much time, how many weeks did it take you to get it to actually work? Harry eyeballed a custom cut a key off of a photo. There was no, didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> did I have a kid? Um, <laughs> the other thing I did have a lot of, um, I'm dangerous if I get, if I have free time. Um, Man, I didn't no have to, kidding. I didn't have to use it because you afterwards, I think the thread of it, you just started showing up on time. I think because one time before I finished the key, I think you showed up with me with the lock pick set on it. <laughs> you did bring a lock pick. Yeah, <laughs> we no, had a, we had so much fun. That was you have no ex- that I if got you've left your keys. Had, it was a great show. If you've left your keys out in uh, in plain sight, you have no expectation of privacy with Harry now. No, the first yeah. time my wife now met Harry, she was terrified. She he he started talking about cybersecurity and threats. And global destruction, and it, she's he. She was like, he's he's terrifying. Yeah, it's Harry's really- like the world is an awful, dangerous place, and I'm so glad I brought a kid into. Yeah, it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it. Yeah, the world. There was a fair amount of drinking. I don't know. Yeah, the world is a dangerous place. Yeah, my my job actually talks about like you know like don't get Harry drunk. He'll start talking about like I started to sketch out like the principles on how to make like a, a nuclear warhead and why. <laughs> I, and like you can why tell. it's very dangerous and like what's done with it. You know? What I've learned, I think your quote was his outlook is darker than his skin. What, what, I've, what I've learned about Harry. What, what, I, what I've learned about she Harry about is that you can you can tell what kind of a mood he's in by what color he's painted his fingernails. <laughs> That's the and right now they're very dark. <laughs> very dark. They're so, very dark. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not gonna ask so a lot you're of questions. Saying, like, you remember the you know, ten seconds to midnight. Not nuclear watch mm-hmm. the the threat level we're on threat level five on, on orange Con right five. Now. Well, considering with all the we like are, different like I, ransomware attacks that are going out there, yeah. the world, <laughs> we are guys are paying attention. We are on a code black, everybody. How, how bad is it? Well, my wife who painted my nails last <laughs> 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 no, week. It, well, it's just really bad out there. Most companies, for some reason, don't want to either want to spend a whole bunch on their IT budget. I think this year was also big for the um, companies laying off IT or security teams and then getting hacked six months later. I think yep. it was just a meme going on on LinkedIn every mm-hmm. time. Like, yep. this company got ransomware. Like, boom. And I'm just like, you know, what my budget got increased for next year. I don't know about anyone else's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because their IT department has a doomsday man on staff. Yeah. Well, like, uh, well, a couple of things like my company is like uh, when we also did like a, we did a uh, backup test and it worked, but it was like very heavy lifting. And I kind of went to my director like, hey, we could spend this money on this software and we don't have to worry about this at all. The thing just takes care of it for us. Mm. We just pay money and click buttons. Does AI, and I know Brian works in cybersecurity, does AI and basically the reality of it taking over in three years, does that make the problem better because you have so many more tools or does it make it way worse because now it's going to just massively amplify the amount of problems. So. What, double-edged sword? Yeah, right? yeah, double-edged sword. On like, that as one. much as you have people using it for helping improve your defenses, mm-hmm. there's equally number of people now using it to try to, to go after you. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, AI, I, and, and Harry, I'm going to hear your thoughts too, but in my kind of experience, AI, what makes it really unique and special is its ability to take massive amounts of data and identify patterns 
Right. And 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 with that, you know, it's easier. We used for- to have the Libertarian Party for that, but that that's over. So now we <laughs> had to figure out AI. <laughs> yeah. so, 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 so like with, with AI, like it's not so much that it's going to like just figure things out, but rather as you present it more and more data, it can then start to show you what it's seeing as consistent patterns, which then yield to identifying like passwords for example Correct. yes right um th- i was gonna say like yeah it was my favorite thing that i did at my company to increase to get more people to using the random password generator yeah. on the password manager because i told them like i can feed uh chat gpt right just chat gpt the free one 50 passwords that one user created and it's like based on these 50 create me 10 user password bits a person would do and a lot of people was like holy smokes it's like yeah all i have to do is get one of these lists of one because you have you go to i have been pwned.com type your email address in you can probably find it um where you've been hacked or where you've been but in you a data breach said you know how all my passwords my pattern yeah yeah you just have a pattern you create an algorithm right. well just like there's an algorithm for the um uh your uh, crap I want to say this uh there's an for your uh card you can actually uh for you can test this if you get a new card soon put your numbers into chat gpt and tell them to based off these numbers what is the uh well don't do that sorry don't do that uh basically just tell, tell ask chat google michael base, hastings based on these number pattern where's what my next credit card number is going to be and mm. nine out of ten times it'll guess your new credit card number based off your old numbers hmm. that's but that to me seems so random because well, it's not a, a, a lot that, of your card numbers because it can it's see it, right because it, it, right. we're looking it's like we're looking down a narrow telescope whereas it's like taking that telescope and then expanding it all the way out so it's getting <laughs> yeah. that same focus but now it's able to apply that focus yeah. way way beyond the scope that we can so because uh, yeah. there's capital logic ones there. capital yeah. ones pattern is this and so right. this person it, it knows your bank right? right so it knows the first number in your card choose says if it's number 2 it's an american right. express card if it's a 6 it's a discover card right, right? right. so everybody that uses x you know first financial bank or mm-hmm. star financial bank or key bank or whatever right. yep. all of those have the first four or six characters mm-hmm. so if you have 16 you've eliminated eight of the digits based upon the banking right. system. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure that the chat GPT knows what other numbers are issued. Correct. So it can also kick those out. So now you're whittling down your possibilities yeah. based on also the numbers that have been used and yeah. things that have been pushed in hashes and stuff like that. So just and then you know that there has to be a check digit. So there's certain numbers that are just automatically eliminated. Yep. So you can back your way into a pretty damn close. Yep. The other thing, which is it be- even worth protect? Like you've been so protected, so protective of putting Gunther's image out there, for instance, mm-hmm. and you're very protective of her identity. Is there a point to that even at this point? Like yeah. th- 10 years ago, there was a point to it, yeah. but at this point, does it is it just going to be so bad in 10 years? There's I think, no hiding. I think the main reason is because of how bad it's going to be in 10 years. Everything's going to be... I think that's even more reason for it. You just, the, the people will be such bigger targets and you'll be yeah. less of a target, but you're still a target. But in 10 years, she'll have an Instagram. It was just more of a, right. I don't want to like, uh, anything's out there is because it's been leaked out there. Someone else else has taken it. But it's more also in the fact that kids can't consent for their photo being out there too. Mm-hmm. She wants to have her photo. You don't want to be responsible for having published it. Correct. Yeah. You want it to be, be her choice when it's her time. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing with ChatGPT is also to increase the amount of script kiddies, people who are don't really understand hacking. They just grab scripts is that to like do different things. Or well, it's just more of a. F- Never mind. This script here hacks Linksys routers to get me free Wi Fi. Those are people, mm-hmm. and they just pop okay. those things there. So those, but those tests that you can also get for yourself to help defend against yourself. If you have been enjoying what you have heard over the last five minutes, 
we have an entire show, Loki Wall. You know, it's not all the show, by the way. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and it's low key on the Wall diverse. Network. Yeah, no, no, wait, change the name. Yeah, it's, but uh, what I'm saying is that you can get more of this yes. if you like Boss Hog. You put a, but you, you put a culture. And you put tat. a, you put a quarter in, and you want to hear about your network getting penetrated. <laughs> Or just like, you know, we, because we go around just about everything around like culture and your computer or just things that are out there on the internet. Um, because these things are just like, quite frankly, fascinates the cast of us. Um, and it's, I also like enjoy just to, because I think we got done doing the media that shaped us episodes, um, this last year, which I recommend like if you guys could ever like do this, do like a top 10 media that has shaped your political opinion or just who you are. Let's see. I'm going to guess Spangles would be the Rush Limbaugh show. No, ironically, everything is includes Ray J. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say it's it was probably the Tommy Lee tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Private Parts is probably there. For oh, Spangle. Private Parts. Huge. Bob and Tom show. Private show Parts. Girls. Yeah. Um, you were probably what? I'm going to say uh, 10. When I'm going to say Spangle Showgirls. No, I, I'm going to say came out in the 80s. You I'm going to say 15 striptease. Uh, G. Gordon Liddy, uh, probably for Spangle. <laughs> no, <laughs> Glenn Beck. Uh, Glenn Beck. Yes. My biggest media yeah, influence is Howard Stern. Glenn Beck. I'm back. Yeah. Bob and Tom. Doesn't have. I'm not me, like not media influence. More like Michael media Mara's that shaped you because like yeah because like private parts like yeah. that or like how like the media to, uh, like uh, how you uh, watch Top Gun all the time. Uh, okay. No, I would say uh, Married with Children. So to go to get to the heart of what I think you're saying, like rewatching married with children right now having watched that at 10 11 maybe like 8 8 to 14 or whatever <laughs> it shaped for a long time my view of women how women were to be talked to talked about mm-hmm. and it wasn't until i was in my 30s that i really like changed that and uh that was a show that shaped me in a lot of ways in terms of humor in terms of like just my view of women and what was funny and it was on okay. fox so it's too scandalous yeah. for us yeah. to watch in our home yeah no yeah. for sure yeah and you're you know i i i wasn't a dirt bag but i certainly wasn't as respectful of women as i am now because women in my life said hey you shouldn't this isn't funny for these reasons and you shouldn't behave this way for the you know so yeah. so that's like a, a piece of media that shaped me for sure and i rewatch it now and i'm like oh that's where that thread came from. Yeah. So like, uh, I don't think I've my, ever seen that show. I did uh, Ghost so, of the it's Show. Layer. Really? It's so funny. Yeah. Al Bundy. Yeah. So I, I know. Yeah. Like, I know. Yeah. No. yeah. So uh, and honestly, every you know, generationally, that was that was 1993, right? Yeah. Right. You fast forward 10, 15 years, and you end up at Michael Scott in the office, right? Right. And, right. And, and, right. Which That's is my, which is which is Brian's yeah. wheelhouse. Any anything 89 to 96 shaped me enormously right movies tv and in 2007 2008 2009 with the office some of the things that were problematic Mm -hmm. in 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 your your show's history the office also has problems that you couldn't do now episode two cancels the office diversity Diversity day Day. yeah Yeah. 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 i mean like and i can't even probably make some of the jokes but the the thing about that cheers facebook nuked but the thing is the thing about that episode and all in the family, which that gets compared to and married with children, like married with children had, it, it all falls under. It's kind of like Miss Pat's Miss Pat show, like where they're trying to have social commentary through media, like married with children was a show that said, all right, sitcoms are at their height. 
Everybody wants to do sitcoms a certain way. They're very formulaic. Let's take the formula and do the opposite. The dad isn't a hero. The dad's a loser. The wife isn't also a winner. She's a, a leech. Like the husband doesn't want to have sex. The like, and then, you know, the neighbor is an empowered feminist and he's like a knuckle dragger. Like, you know, so it was, it was all a way to kind of do social commentary, just like diversity day where they're like, look at this oaf making all of these because you can kind of see it in yourself and go, all right, I shouldn't be that way, but also it's kind of funny. I think the biggest sitcoms whenever I was growing up were uh, Malcolm in the Middle, yeah, Reba, uh, <laughs> right. Reba. It was the end yeah, of the sitcom era, one. Mike and Molly. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was the last. So, it was yeah, like it was, was the three in. camera, the three yeah. camera shot Reba shows. Was, Dakota got the very end of it. Yeah, hold on, Reba was huge in my house. Reba, Reba was huge in rural India. You know the other show that actually became is in the same the Reba audience went to was Tim Allen's final uh, show. Yeah. Yeah. Last Man Standing. The Last Man Standing yeah. got that audience. Yep. Which Harry's probably not seen a damn episode of. I've seen Last Man Home Standing. I've, I've watched yeah. that show. Home Improvement. Home Improvement. Yeah. Ah, yeah, I love that. Huh. But big time for me, like in the probably in the top of that list of media that shaped me was probably like like the red green show was re- yes. I loved it. Was yeah. obsessed with that for most of my I don't life. know about you guys, but I think about this as love a, that as a parent yeah. a lot. Good for you. That period you of like, it, Harry? like eight, maybe seven, eight to fourteen, fifteen is what set the template for my tastes and interests. It wasn't four or five like right now. That's too this everything's just like through the brain, but like eight to thirteen years old. But my parents just let me have a TV in my room and I sat there and I watched from eighty nine to ninety six every sitcom and movie I could. And so right. man, I know ev I haven't seen Grumpy Old Men in thirty years. I wa- I watched it in November. Pull your lip over your head and I smile. Knew every freaking word to that Swallow. thing because it had imprinted I th- me. So I think much. for me it was more from like fourteen to eighteen mm. is kind of what set me. Cause like I'm thinking back to I I'm, I'm like trying to like what what were the things that really were my foundation and like beyond politics, like yes, politics I've always been passionate of. And that right. was definitely like from eight to 13, <laughs> like it was the, the uh, Bush 2000 election, then 2004. And I was like really passionate about it. But like in terms of my, my interests, it was from a cultural standpoint, I think of like uh 40 year old virgin, super bad yeah. uh, wedding mm-hmm. crashers, super right. troopers. And like those movies were all in my the frat back half. Yeah. My back, back half of my, my uh, younger yeah. half. Yeah. So like, I don't know, like when for- I think about family traditions, it inevitably is like when I'm 10. Right. Mm-hmm. And same with my wife. So mm-hmm. like I'm, yeah. I'm very cognizant and going into the next few years, mm-hmm. like, what we watch in our household is going to set her character yeah. Yeah. in such an impactful way mm-hmm. compared to like be a my lot parents, of Andy Griffith. My parent, uh, my parents were just like, "Here's a TV, and yeah, we have a VHS of Porky's in the basement, and aren't going to pay attention if you watch it." Yeah, you commented in the book I got for uh, for Christmas, The Daily Dad, and one of the first, actually, it's the funny, the first day it was uh, John Willen quote, and it was about. Um, how like the the child watches the parent and like mm-hmm. you want to see the child by behavior the more than words yeah and and just like mm-hmm. that that speaks to exactly that because like yeah. so many people just don't pay attention to to what they're doing yeah right so we we might watch something that we think is like appropriate but to your point like it's not it's it's here's it's, it's, here's the view yeah. that most of your kids 
Yeah. It's the back it's, of your yes. phone. Yeah. And that's yeah. why kids are. If struggling. you want your kids to read more, you should also read yeah. more. Yes. If you want your kids to learn the violin, then you should be playing an instrument time too. time for it. Correct. Like, make yeah. it a priority. Yeah. Don't just expect them to be like, to take interest. Be like, hey, let's make this and, yeah. and do it with them. Yeah. Yeah, see, I got most of that also from like uh, the Pistol Pete story. I don't know if you guys understand the basketball exactly. player Pistol Pete, like his dad of, of Louisiana State University. Yeah, yeah you say yeah. you Maryland. say all these things, Brian. Now, Pistol and like, Pete, Pete yeah. we yeah. we raised Jackson that way and very aware of making sure that we spend all of the time with no, him no. as well, much as humanly possible. <laughs> We're on your side and here. Now that he's almost four, it's like. Please just watch TV for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. I have got to get some things yeah, done. Right, dude. Yeah. Here's a tablet. Um, <laughs> Dakota, I think you owe Harry an apology. You interrupted him and talked over him. Sorry, Harry. And thank you. We value you, Harry. We value thank you, Harry. Thank you. Please. Thank go you. Ahead. appreciate that. Well, anyway, so Pistol Pete, his dad, to get him really into the basketball, would play it all the time and wouldn't let you know Pete play. Wouldn't mm. it at all. He was stuck in sight. Doing homework, and his dad was outside playing basketball because he was also a great basketball player. Correct, he was playing basketball, doing basketball, practicing basketball, and eventually finally let him play. I'm pulling up a picture for Dakota so he knows who Pistol Pete is. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's like a huge lesson in sports. You see, like these great athletes, they also had parents who also were athletes and taught that, like. It's that 10, they got that 10,000 hours of experience yeah. by the time they were 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. My, my worry 18. with like the Pistol Pete story is if I'm doing something that takes away the time that I could be spending with him. Mm-hmm. And even though it's like it is constructive, maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to be doing woodworking or mm-hmm. doing something. It's taking time away from him. Would he? grow to then hate that thing because there's a negative connotation of my dad spends his time doing this instead of spending it with me. I think kids love what... I'm sorry, Harry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please. You're fine. I, I think you should just combine it um, because there's a lot of times I do maintenance on the cars and my daughter just wants to come out in the garage. She just wants to be around She just me. wants to be right. around me. My there's some of those my things daughter that said works, the other like, day, she goes... Yeah. You know, I can't wait till we can read together. Yeah. Cuz and I don't read in front of her. I don't take time away from her. She just knows I love and appreciate books mm-hmm. and she wants to appreciate the same thing with me. She was like, "You know, dad, I think I really like the Pacers. I've been watching the Pacers for less than 2 months, but because I've been doing it repeatedly, she's like, I'm going to give this a shot cuz mm-hmm. I think you like. You know, it's it's just it, and it's he's he's younger so it's he demands more attention, but like once they hit that five where kind of we're at with our kids, it's they have their own interests and they want time to explore that on their own. And they're much more self-sufficient, but they also want to like do things with you because they right. know I love you. You love this. I might like it too. I want to explore this with you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty cool. It's like five is a pretty great age because they're, they're, they're not awful and terrible like they'll be at 10. Pistol Pete played yeah. for the New Orleans Jazz. Yeah. Nobody ever gives the Jazz shit for moving to Utah. But damn it, they pick on the Colts. Or the Lakers. That was Minnesota. Yeah, the Minneapolis Lakers yeah. are, uh, are the LA Lakers. Zach, uh, I, I assume that your formative TV show was much like mine, uh, was ESPN Speed World. <laughs> no, I watched, my, I was just talking. I watched so much Sports Center, like in high school, like during the summer. Scott, you know, it just repeated. I think, yeah, Eisen. I was talking to you about it. Yeah, because like, yeah, Rich Eisen, Scott Van Pelt, Stuart Scott, um, all these guys. It would be the same episode. They just cool repeat it every pillow. hour. 
but I'd still just watch it. All right. And it was, and even when those oh, guys come up, but another big one, whenever I was in like uh, middle school was Chappelle's show. That you was know, huge. Talking in about my shit school. that happened after I graduated college. <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> having, so, having so, five hosts on one show at a time is hilarious. Por- mm-hmm. have you, because you they know what all talk over each other. You know what Porky's is? No. Had no idea. What All right, Porky's it. was this '80s movie with maximum skin. Ken Cantrell from Sex and the City, who, who's like the tall blonde that didn't do the recent stuff. Like she was in it. It was lots of sex and nudity. It was like the ultimate. It was like the end result of Animal House. They had taken Your that thread so far that of it. Christy Avery says her parents took her to see Porky's in the drive-in. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, they had it at a drive-in. I watched, I watched movie. Super Bad with my dad and <laughs> my <laughs> best friend, Super and they got to the part idea. where he's like draws pictures of Just you know dick drawings. Yeah, okay. I, I want to make sure I was overloud. It's your show. It's after eight o'clock. This I didn't want to okay. assume. We're take, prime time take now. the drawings. Uh, if I want to try to real big veiny ones, I believe is Triumph the quote. Porky's Bastards. had Porky's yes. had live action real big veiny ones. Women fully frontal nude. Yeah, allowed active yeah. sex like. I don't know, Christy, how badly that have, must have scarred you, but it would have scarred you. Uh, <laughs> the baby, that's why she is the way she is. And then ja- Jackie Davis says the Morton Downey show. I think, Jer, Harry, you too. Trash Jerry Springer type talk shows yeah. Yeah. in the yeah, 90s. And then yeah. the like Osbournes and the Hogans in the mm-hmm. 2000s. And those reality shows. all transported like TikTok. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, all yes. that it's all yeah. there now. I it's, saw it when I went to Bob and Tom because I I'd grown up on reality TV and talk TV and Howard Stern being Uber reality. Mm-hmm. And so my style of broadcasting is you just can't help but be authentic, open, honest, let it all out there. And then when I got to Bob and Tom, who were a generation older, where it was no no, we're gonna sit down and write the bits, we're going to craft the personas, there's going to be a wall between us yep. and the audience. And so I would come in and say let's do behind the scenes stuff let's and it it just it just it, it wouldn't go for it right it's it is it's a different different mindset between you you talking about it going to tiktok it is interesting because we don't watch we don't watch tv at home Mm-mm. we never watch tv and mike and jackson doesn't ever watch tv either good his tablet is his tv right like yeah. he just gets it's like Oh, you know, if we're eating breakfast, we're going to sit down and eat breakfast. And usually, you know, Saturday morning is when you turn on the TV. Yeah. He just watches Handyman Howe on YouTube Kids on his tablet instead. We've made a big point in our household to, to, like, she hasn't asked for the TV all week. Really, the whole month, because we've been watching Christmas movies together. Mm -hmm. Because we've noticed that the random constant flicking to the next thing, which he's about to start doing, sets that, that, like... craziness right but whereas when we're all sitting down as a family we she and i watch structure monk all day and so she's following the the logistic like the logical conclusions that monk is making in the story yeah and it's much better for her i think that way and then also some of the kids content they even do on youtube kids is some of these awful compilations of different shows to get past copyright they always just keep jumping like some of the awful bluey episodes are on there too i just i ban every video game thing on her tablet i ban uh, it's just educational yeah. i trained you her constantly have to be watching too like yes. yes and listening and it's not like he's on his tablet very often right so it's not like 
if I'm sitting there reading and eating breakfast and he's got his tablet right next to me, it's not yeah. like yeah. Well, you can't hear I, it. I, I make uh, uh, Gunther watch the old PBS shows that I've got uh, recorded. So like Odd Squad, you know, Big Comfy Couch, you know, th- yeah. that those. Do you guys, when you're watching program television, like uh, watching a series like Monk or whatever, do you have to finish the series? Yes. Do you go all the way through? Like you yes. can't. Like, will you drop out or will you follow it all the way through? Like, if you got to the second season, are you going to see it to the end or do you lose interest? Yeah, like Blue Bloods, for instance. I've watched Blue Bloods probably all the way through four times. No, it's got to be good. Uh, I like, I like watching a series. Reagan and I will pick a series and we'll watch it through, but like, it depends on if it's good. Like, Game of Thrones and we're into it, we'll finish it. But like, we just watched some Polish show called. 1471 or something. Mm-hmm. It's actually very clever, but it's like a sitcom set in the medieval Polish empire. It's very funny and clever, but like we just never went back to it. We just kind of got lost with other stuff. I and, feel like mm-hmm. Game you should watch, watch Spartacus. The sex scenes are so much better. <laughs> I, I feel you should like watch Black Adder. It's yeah, yeah Black Adder. Yeah, so yeah, Black Adder is right. Down I, I'm not. I'm no longer as OCD about like I started it. I got to finish it. I, see, I think. I think. And I'm a huge fan of the show, but I think this show and what they did and the way the last two seasons worked broke me of having to finish them because I still don't know if I've actually finished Arrested Development or not mm. because of the last the last two sh- series or the last two seasons that were on Netflix that got cut and edited five different ways in this experimental whatever. Mm-hmm. I think watching those episodes cured me of having to watch other stuff i, I never finished mad men there's yeah, just there. too much content there's yeah. too much because like i and and like i mean elephant in the room right like my show used to have five episodes a week and um i saw my numbers just stagnate and i was yeah. like what like i'm doing five shows a week i literally am doing 5x the content that i had doing when i first started my show and my numbers are now pretty much at where they had been and they're not going anywhere and um, I think it was just, you know, content overload. And and I look at myself like I used to be dedicated to wanting to start a show and go from start to finish. But it it's like, well, now I have 14 other shows I, I'm supposed to watch. And, and it, sometimes I'm just like, OK, you know, maybe I'll catch one episode here and there. Like my wife will watch the, the rest of The Crown. I watched like the first couple seasons, but I'm at the point now where I just don't have the time to that, devote towards all of it. There's a tool that just got put out that measured how much bigger your podcast is than most Netflix shows. The Bob and Tom podcast is bigger than 93% of Netflix shows in terms of consumption. Wow. Because the dark, the dark truth about all of these streaming shows is there's a race for content. Netflix realized a few years ago that all HBO and Paramount had to do was start their own Netflix and they were going to, which meant they were going to have no content. So they started building content right and so then everybody else went we should do that too and they didn't give a damn if anybody was watching it or and not they but didn't, you had to have a library you had to have a library and and, and nobody's this, watching and the television library all of a sudden started going back to the studios and it was yeah. oh we're losing we're losing friends and so we're losing so the West much Wing. stuff that people go you know what i'm overloaded with choice i'm just gonna go to youtube which is gonna tell me exactly what i want to watch which i know theo vaughn i'll just watch this or I know I love The Office. I'll watch that a million times, or I'll watch the show that I loved from the nineties, like but Married you, to Children. And you can upload The Office like a, was it Voodoo? Is that the the mm-hmm. app where you can upload video or uh, 
The voodoo. It's voodoo is the renting. Voodoo. Uh, voodoo renting is not voodoo. There's there's purchase. an app that we we have on our our TV, and you can upload um like your videos. Yeah, you voodoo. Yeah, is for two bucks for two bucks you can convert your digital your your yeah. your handheld DVDs. DVD. Yeah, 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 your DVD. And you can you can make oh, it a, a, yeah. a yeah, available. That's what, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah, and some of them are free. I know that some, there's some that are free. I only went through and I did the ones yeah. that were free. Disc, but as content as content creators, the pandemic changed everything because yeah, the rule was the ironclad rule was more content more consumption or yeah. eyeballs i'm even thinking of taking the chris spangle show down to twice a month and i've i've been rock solid once a week every single week this entire year for the first time in the but like i you know the the consumption is there people just want your best Mm-hmm. They don't want all of it. Yeah. Like, so Mr. Beast does like one video every three weeks. It, three, you know, instead of every day. Yeah. yeah. Cause there's just not enough appetite. And every study shows this. Like people just want, like, I, I, it's, it's quality it's over quantity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so much content out there. And yeah. you could, cause you, at this point, like, um, we talked about this on low key that even if you hate some of the new content, you could just stop right now. Um, I think, um, YouTuber Dave Cullen was just going back in, lo- in the line of just watching old school, like, uh, sci-fi nostalgia shows mm-hmm. and, you know, just getting into it because it's like the modern, like the newer sci-fi stuff is like pretty much junk. Uh, so, yeah. Audrey and I, we, we watch like, we don't watch TV except for at the very end right before we go to bed mm-hmm. and we'll watch like 20 minutes of a of a video game streamer streaming Grand Theft Auto 6 5 or something mm-hmm. you know and and it's like we watch for 15 minutes and it's like time for bed or what, then like every 2 weeks it'll be like oh let's uh you know it's friday night let's watch the next episode of game of thrones like yeah, I recommend <laughs> one piece what? The anime I heard that piece. it's really good. It's really good, especially like when you get into it and you actually find out like the the main plot of the show is the the pirates are just the pirates of the show are just trying to live free and the government is trying to stop them and the government's the bad guys because they're ruled by an overarching elites. Uh, uh, show update: uh, Harry's fingernails are dark blue, so we're safe. Um, they're it's okay. Woo! I think they might change I as his mood them. changes. They 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 adjust. I'm just saying, like mood rings hope for the next year. So <laughs> tell me, uh, Brian Nichols, Hi, uh, about Rose. what's going on in the Brian Nichols show world. We've got our wall. We've got our Chris Spangle update. We've got our Loki wall update. What's going on with the Brian Nichols show? What do you get? What have you been doing over there on the other side of the wall? Uh, lots of interviews. Um, so my show is twice a week. And traditionally, the way I approach my show is I like to have conversations with folks who we've identified there's an, a problem and how do we address said problem without having to go through the channel of government solutions. So if we can go through private sector alternatives, let's do that. Um, so for example, uh, I had one gentleman on my show and he started a pediatric cancer research uh, fundraising organization and they were doing everything through Bitcoin. Um, for their, or for, I'm sorry, cryptocurrency. And they actually developed a, uh, cryptocurrency specifically for their, um, their, their organization. And then with that, they also built, um, a, an open blockchain network where they're able to share research for pediatric cancer research. So what was happening is all these different colleges were doing research on pediatric cancer. 
and they were having advancements, but nobody was sharing their research with any, everybody else. So they're like, well, let's put this on the blockchain, have real, like real time data, real time information being shared. Um, so bringing a real solution to a very real problem, uh, and, and helping advance the, the advancement of research for, for kids, pediatric cancer research. So, um, those kind of conversations, being able to actually address the problems we see out there and, it's one thing to to identify problems. I think it's another thing to identify the problem and bring a solution to the table. And people, I think the past 10 years or so, we've done a really good job of figuring out what the problems are, but now people are looking to embrace solutions. So I want to bring solutions to the table. So my show has really been focused on bringing solutions to the table. Um, really has changed as a show. I, I've uh, you know, from 2018, it was a much more of a you know, politically aimed show. And now we're much more solutions oriented. So it's been fun though. Uh, change of pace. We went, like I said, down from five shows to two shows, which has been a nice uh, breath. Cause I've been able to enjoy more of the shows versus like just feeling I have to get content just grinding out them out. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. it starts to feel like a job, then you're not, it rough. it's not, people aren't going to listen to you in the same oh, yeah. way that when, you're passionate about doing it. Yeah. Well, you, you would, Zach would walk by and he'd be in, be like, what, seven in the morning? And he'd be like, Brian's at the studio. Why? On like a Saturday. On a Saturday morning. Yeah. That's like, I'm just trying to get things ready to go. How, how has it been now? You're, you're like two years in country, uh, coming up on the, on your big anniversary. Here? You, yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. It. It, as a Hoosier. Oh, I love it. Uh, 10 out of 10. Getting, getting to know people. You're seeing, you know, you're seeing people like Zach around town. How's how's that transition gone? Because the Wall Network moved you here, right? It did. Like it moved you to East Central Indiana. Chris Spangles, We Are Libertarians Network, officially is what got me in Indiana. Um, so I remember I you first. Have, huh? So, sorry, never mind. You came, oh, you came to the pool party and realized when, nobody had to wear a mask and everybody was shopping and walking free, and you were like, "What?" Yeah. I was getting ready to say that literally uh, next month is two years of you in the studio. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Everything's two years. Wow. Yeah. Because January of uh, 2021 is when, or 2022 is when we moved here, and it's 2024. Wow. Of course, you um, see how crap Philadelphia has been since he left too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he yeah, was, well, hold, he yeah, was so, holding that together. Yeah. You were the, the glue. glue. Yeah. Well, so Philadelphia was rough. Um, for those who didn't know, I moved from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, downtown Philly. Yeah, like like in the heart of Philadelphia. It was it was uh, not a good. Area. I don't know why you pick on the land of Ben where it is like always this. sunny. By the way, it's one not, of the cities really I had been attacked in by homeless people. It, oh yeah, New no, Orleans it, is the it's, other. It's it's a it's a dangerous city. Um, but when when I started really getting into libertarian politics, um, I I found real libertarians, and I listened to the network, and I really fig like found myself listening to the shows and finding like I was a part of the the family, mm. even though I wasn't part of the family. Like, I didn't live here. Didn't, Who did you fall in love with? Was it Aaron Ewert or uh <laughs> or uh, I only ever did like one or two episodes of Tad was, Tad Western, Greg Lenz. Who was, is your it was Tad. who is the person that you said, the, Oh my God, I've got to be a part it, of these it people. It wasn't so much it it wasn't one character. It was the it was the dynamic little Brett Bittner. So like, and and I personally have gone through some very big changes in my own personal, like friendship dynamics with some very old close friends who aren't really friends anymore. And I think part of it is because what I was looking for was something that felt very authentic. Mm. And what I saw coming from the network was people who genuinely enjoyed each other's company because of not just shared experiences, we fooled but, this idiot. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. sure did. Me and Harry uh, hate each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, 
but shared values and, and shared goals. Yeah. And, um, when, and, and, and I mean, Chris jokes, but when we came out here for the, the pool party in 2020, or no, it was 2021. Sorry. Yeah, 2021. It, was Jan- it was July. Tw- like, Indiana was done with COVID BS J- July 4th, 2020. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was Ju- July, 2021. And it was still lockdown central. And you and Renzo really. came and, and to around the same time and yep. just couldn't, cause he was in DC. Yep. And he, he commented, he's like, I was in Noblesville and I could not believe people at the shop. I was on a podcast on, I was on Matt Kibbe's show, um, in 2021. And, it was January 2021, and it was still like a ghost town. Like you could Crazy. not do mm-hmm. anything. So when I came out here, not only seeing that, but th- there is just something, and I can't really put it into words. But when you come out here to the Midwest, people, and I know they're like people out here can like when they hear where I move from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to here, they all, I always get the why, like why would you move here? Right, but like. And just got you. You got to realize your- realize eighty percent of these people moved from Albany, Kentucky to here two generations ago. So I ignore no, there, that. Drown that noise a, out. There Boys is go. a um, and this is something that in twenty twenty four, like I want to fight. Like there is a crushing cynicism that has crept into American society, mm-hmm. and people don't love the place in which they live. Yes. We no longer we sort ourselves socially by niche which has kind of taken away the love of our location, which is incredibly important to our souls. And small town Indiana is awesome. And there is a lot about Indiana that is awesome. Yes. But that is not cool to say. That is a boomer attitude to say that Newcastle, Indiana is awesome. Top 10 best towns in Indiana, according to World Atlas. You you have a goalers now. And so (laughs) it's. It's a lot of that East Coast, West Coast, like influence our culture, right. like changing the word soda, pop a year in the, in, in the Midwest, just making us not like the Midwest because Harry, the don't coast tell me. is supposed to be so Harry, don't tell me you don't call it soft drink. <clears throat> Man, it's Coke. Yeah, tonic. What do you Listen. call, honestly, what, what do you call, <laughs> what do you call a carbonated beverage? I actually, this is actually a, 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 a important question. Here's the thing. I grew up calling it um, soda, pop, and tonic. Depending on which part of the family, depending I'm upon which grandparent was talking Correct. to, yes, yes, yeah, tonic, uh, yeah, yes, yes. Was there a was there a gin? Young, uh, uh, young lad, may you fetch me a tonic Father, from the fridge? I'd like some tonic, please. <laughs> like I said, Harry's is that northern weirdest, landowner is the part weirdest. of Harry's family? My tummy's upset. I need some tonic. Harry is the weirdest person <laughs> on the network. <laughs> and James Neese is on the network. Yeah. And Hody. Tonic. Yes. And, and me. Sorry. I'm being truthful. What? Okay. All right. All right. Hey, well, that, let me ask the question this way. my mom. She'll tell you. Which, which brand of car did this person drive that taught you that it's tonic? <laughs> I don't think that's important. It is. It is very I important. I don't think that's important. I need important to know what all. brand yeah. the car was. 86 Cutlass? Oh, no. I was like, which top tier General Motors brand is this going to be? <laughs> it's how also I grew up like hating Cadillac cars, working on Cadillacs. Like I, I am fully embraced BMWs and Mercedes over Cadillac cars. At least those made sense when you're working on them. So really quick, just to finish my one thought, sorry, I feel I had to sneeze. Oh, um, I'm sorry, you're interrupting no, I, Harry again. Wow. Well, my original. We've never learned. I don't remember how I got interrupted, but I. 
the the whole There's like five grass. podcast host. I know, isn't it great? <laughs> it's my show, damn it! Oh, uh, half a second of silence must talk. <laughs> ah! uh, no, but in all seriousness, like the the grass is always greener. Like no, like embrace the like you you're saying like new like small town Indiana is great. Small town Indiana is great. Like mm-hmm. the the fact that not only are you able to have the the impact in your community, but like the influence and build those relationships with people. Like I've been here two years and I think Jerry, I mentioned to you when we were at the Christmas walk, I was like going around and I was like, oh my God, I know people here this year. And it was really cool. Like two years later. Hilariously, like, this is only yeah. the fourth time you've seen Jeremiah since you've lived here because he travels. <laughs> He's usually like camping up in, in like the great. Brian, Brian sees me seasonally. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> Or when he's from watching November, my cast. I'm on Christmas from, break. From so- November to March, I keep my my Henry County hours where you may yeah. see me yeah. here on the weekends. Yeah. But it, it, it And it, I it's the time of the year I hate the most, by the way. <laughs> but it's so alienating. Like when I was in Philadelphia for seven years, like you are just a number. And it it just it's very weird to to put that into context. Like just driving around and seeing people that every day that I've seen, like you see consistently, uh, there's just something to people it. start to become an inconvenience mm-hmm. and not just not other people. Okay, right. we'll leave. The, yeah, uh, the other see how they feel about we are libertarians. Mm-hmm. The other thing with the small towns is you got to work on the town councils and to get we're rid of the no fun wine moms that plan a lot of different things. The ones that go, like, oh, we don't need alcohol. Screw you. We need shots. Okay, <laughs> lawn chairs, coolers. Yeah, I think there's a huge movement in society that I'm happy about where it's like, I don't know what I was watching or it's, it's, it, maybe it's married with children or just like that. Everything is very sexual and everything is very cynical and everything is very gross. And like Ted Lasso comes along and just feels like this breath of fresh air where it's like, yes, loved it. Positive season three is garbage, but I don't agree. I I think it was better than season two. That's why I had to say it. No, I I thought season three was pretty good. I'll fight you. No, I thought season two was. I just don't want season. I don't want Ted sad sad Ted Lasso. No, but like the whole series is great, but season one was the best. Oh my god! Yeah, it was like so revolutionary because all and it wasn't even that good. It was just that somebody was happy. Yes, and it was family friendly. The glass was half full. Right. I had people like. At my office, who were sports like like meathead guys, being yeah. like, "Man, that Christmas episode, Ted Lasso, had me crying." And I'm like, "Who are Season you?" Season three, where they're in the locker room and they're like talking about show tunes, or they're talking about stuff that our dads would have called a certain word, right? Barbecue sauce, <laughs> like a uh, bundle our, of sticks. Our our generation is much a more cigarette f- in England. A Mark. much more family oriented <laughs> society. It's much more about character. Like, it's much less about stuff. Like, I don't know. I think, and part of the the economy, we complain about the economy and how bad it is, and it's not fair. But I think it is making us more character-oriented like our grandparents. Well, and it wasn't, so Ted Lasso wasn't preachy either. Yeah, right. right. It was just authentic. Yeah, he just, he, he, he preached by doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was what spoke to it because... It wasn't somebody like, you know, that when we all watch those movies and it comes to that one part in the movie where you can just like feel the character is like getting ready to do like this really big woke speech. You're you're getting condescending, like condescendingly spoken to like, yeah, go to the bathroom time. Yeah. Like there's that one scene in Barbie where the girl goes off about the patriarchy. Uh, And I, and I literally, I was like, Oh, here we go. Like I I just, you can feel it. We just him bragging about seeing current movies. No, we just watched the Barbie movie and I, and you're exactly right. The Barbie movie is the 
just like I said, like Porky's was the end result of Animal House, like the bro movie taken to its logical conclusion. Yeah. The Barbie movie is the logical end conclusion of critical theory. Yes. It is the politics of it must die in there is no story to it tell me the plot tell me what the story is there you can't it literally patriarchy bad right like i thought it was very clever satire it was very well done the set was amazing to look at but there was no storytelling to it which is why nobody's going to think about it in five years yep it's not like grumpy old men which has like a story where you 30 years later like where you still think and margaret is hot why do we watch planes, trains, and automobiles every single year? Because it has such a heartwarming, touching story that has values in it, but it's not like the Barbie movie where everything is in service to the movement, to the message, the progressive view. The and it's totally uninspiring and does nothing to change any minds. It may make people think... I thought it was way better than it was sort of made out to be, but it still wasn't a great movie. So, yeah, it had its, it had its, its points. Yeah. And, but it just went off the rails when they were just too busy trying to push something. Yeah. We one just of the biggest our- feminists in my life was like... She was like, oh, okay, groundbreaking. The man's an idiot. Groundbreaking. Women, yeah. women which, her moms are which is Which is exactly why Bob Newhart didn't want to have a kid on a TV show because it really? was dad's... Yeah, he was like... He's... the the. As his show comes along in in the seventies, and he it's just a married couple, no kids, and they're like, "All right, well, we need to have you have a kid." And he's like, "I love it. Sounds great. Who's going to play Bob?" He's like, "I ain't fucking doing it, really." <laughs> yeah, because he's like, "I'm not going to do this show where Dad's the idiot, and I'm you know right. I, it, he he refused to do it, and that's <laughs> that's exactly where Bar- you know where Barbie went later. We were watching uh, Christmas Vacation this year's annual tradition. We yep. just we just wrapped it yep. up. Classic. And and we're watching that program. And I thought the reason this is so damn relatable because it was made in I don't know eighty nine, right? It's the entire month of December. It's the lead up to it. And now it, I think you and I have had this conversation. We're now in our forties. Mm-hmm. Clark Griswold was forty seven years old when the show's right. on. It's becoming more relatable yeah. as as you go on, and it's it takes it doesn't say okay we're gonna take just Christmas and like this day, it takes the season right. It takes like December fourteenth through December twenty fifth, yeah, like or Christmas Eve I guess, and it shows everything that's happening in the life. It shows hey we're going to work, we're schlepping to work, we're worried about money not coming in, we're worried about these family inconsist you know inconveniences and putting up the lights and dealing with the neighbors, all of these things that you deal with in the holiday season. Yeah. It, it perfectly to you. It perfectly connects to the American Christmas experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the the reason the movies from the eighties and nineties are the best ever made is that they were trained by the vaudeville generation. Mm -hmm. And so the vaudeville generation never really had money because it was all a new industry, new technology. It wasn't advanced. But in vaudeville, you performed two, three, four times a day or night Mm -hmm. every day for 300 days a year. And Bob Hope, Jack Benny, Gracie Gracie and Allen, Burns and Allen, they have like these, you know, those old radio shows had like the, they just had entertainment so finely honed and then they grew up and kind of became the leaders of Hollywood and then taught that generation of Spielberg and Christopher Columbus and and other people and then in the 80s and 90s you had the technology settled you had the wealth to make the movies that you wanted to make mm-hmm. and then when somebody you gave the to, keys to John Hughes right you get, John Hughes is a huge theme throughout most of what we've just talked about right today. oh absolutely you get, yeah. you get the Hollywood gave people the freedom to experiment and then when you get to you get 
to really like the 2000s post-Iraq war, which everything is in service to a message, right or left. Politics now shapes people's views. Those friendships are probably destroyed because of politics. People now select their church based on political views, not based on views of Christ. Like that means you have a golden calf in your life, right? Everything is political now. And so movies now have to fit, you know, Matt Reif, major comedian, never heard of him, big on TikTok, huge female audience, says, you know what, I need more men following me. What's the way I can get a male audience? Well, there's a formula. Let me make a domestic violence joke. (laughs) Men sure do love that. That really appeals to men, I think. And then let me go and Jordan Peterson cry about cancel culture while I still cash millions of dollars of checks. Like, Like it's now reached like an absurd conclusion on the left and right where it's also watered down that everything is about the message and it's not about the story that you're trying to tell. That's why something like Miss Pat's content reaches people Mm -hmm. because she's not trying to fit in into any stereotype. Like her shows are just authentic and it connects with people and all these women listen to the podcast because they go, that reminds me exactly how my mom actually talked to me. Not how like some TV show that was crafted by some overthinkers who, you know, never grew up the way, you know, they just all grew up in Hollywood and they wrote the TV show because they think that's what a young black female wants to watch, as opposed to a woman who comes along and says, yeah, I am a black mama and I do yell at my kids and I do tell them to fuck off, right? Like, so... It's after eight o'clock, kids. It's fine. Yeah, I'm just saying it's... it's. <laughs> so, oh, sorry. Yeah, I forgot you guys don't curse. We're in prime time. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> the the... After the Iraq war, everything kind of became about picking a team in content and media and entertainment and movies, and it drove people away. And so now the only thing you can get is like, well, uh, maybe we should do like a reboot of MASH. Well, so yeah, a reboot of this. Everything is a reboot and it's nobody's making those those movies from the 80s and 90s and even like. They really stopped. Like they, yeah. they really stopped when Iron Man came out, and they mm-hmm. went comic book movie because they no longer said, "Hey, we're going to focus to an American and a Canadian yeah. speaking audience." They said, "We're going to take a movie that we can make one time, and we can spread it across the world, and we can." They we can't can show, afford to do it. We, we can show it to everybody else. Yeah. So your your narrow casting of movies has gone away. You have it in 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 podcasting form. You have it in YouTube, yeah. and you have it in shows like Ms. Pat Saves the World, but you don't have it in the general audience movies anymore. No, because they can't afford to do it. Yeah. So you they get can't these, afford to take the risk. You they get the trashy Marvel movies. Yeah, you you get what they know they can make money on. But that's the thing that I I disagree now because Disney just showed us they'd lost over a billion dollars this year trying to rehash mm-hmm. what used to work. Indiana Jones lost some like what, 200 something million dollars. It was better than Crystal Skull. That was, was, Crystal Skull, that was not it? a good movie. Yeah, it was, it was movie. not better than Crystal Skull. Well, I watched Chris I will watch Crystal Skull in the it movie lost theater them 200 tomorrow. million dollars. No. Marvel's lost them. Uh, it was you're, the you're worst talking about people who are stuck in a framework that they can't get out of. No, but I'm saying locked but, in by sheriff. But but that that framework though used to work because they did 26 movies from the Marvel universe, but they were all crafting into a story. Right. Right. So it, yes, it worked, but it was because it was part of something that was more grand. Mm -hmm. Then you go to the next phase of that and they lost that storytelling arc because they, they introduced the multiverse and now there's no consequences. Oh my gosh, this character died. Oh, just kidding. That was a multiverse like 623. Right. So you you also now lose the ability to tell that story, and then you go back. I mean, yeah, like C- Crystal Skull was was garbage, but I mean, we, that's not even the point so much as people are just tired of seeing 
the same t- story just retold in a different way. Frazier's on there again. Are we just a past, a post movie culture at this point? What did you say? I said we could just be a post movie culture. I don't think think we're there. That I don't think I. I I mean, maybe like I think you can watch a YouTube video, and there's this guy named Dean Lantini that I watch that talks about Christian stuff, and his videos are him just talking about characters in like the mega evangelical movement, and it's basically like watching a, you're watching a storyteller give his opinion on these characters it's basically like a movie but it's just a dude with a dslr and a and a and a mic like you're you, it's all niching down the problem with para like big broadcast mass media is you're no longer ever going to have what you had in the 80s where you had defined channels you now have everybody based on their hyper niche every second. Do you know the one place? I would place, never watch Grand Theft Auto 6 videos. The, the one ever, place we right? get but together? You, that to use all five. Grand the one, Theft Auto 6. The one no, place yeah, we yeah, get yeah, together? Five, the NFL. Right. And we, that's going away. Sports Sports is the one place that we all refocus. That's why the Super Bowl is the biggest event. It's not going to be that Bingo. way for much longer. Because, but, the re, but the thing is, is people are doing storytelling. They're just, and they are attracted to storytelling. They want it just within the characters that they want to choose. They're programming their characters. And so Disney can't exist 50 years from now in the same way, 10 years from now in the same way. Like, uh, Luca, I thought was a good movie, but that Red Panda movie was awful. Like, it wasn't for you. (laughs) No, it's awful. It wasn't for you. I think Little Mermaid is an awful movie. It wasn't for you. But it's a good story. Aquafina was great in that movie. That movie wasn't for you. You could go. No, Luca, Luca, great story. There's There are listen, defined rules Listen, story, old though. white man. That movie wasn't right. made for no, you. you. It wasn't you, for you. You could dismiss it, but guess what? Audiences agreed with me. There we go. And, and, that's, agree with that, and that's the part that we have to kind of go back to is like, it used to be that you you would tell a good story and then you were rewarded. All right. In at the box office, whereas now you you kind of expect you're, you're trying to make that formula. It's like so. This is why tonight we are announcing that Chris Spangle is starting his own production company, and we are making Uncle Buck too. That's right. Well, <laughs> there's a but there's a Starring reason. Chris Spangle, Ron, like <laughs> Ron Milford. Buck. All right, shout out to Ron Milford, who's a great dude who lives up in Northern Indiana. He watches this podcast every single week. Absolutely. Right. He, he became aware of me through Bob and Tom. Then he started checking out other stuff. But why does he like this podcast? Because he sees people like, why does Craig DaCosta live, watch from Hawaii? He supports the Brian Nichols show because Craig says it reminds me of all the dumb idiots in my town. It's, it's, you guys are Mayberry, you're Andy Griffith. It's why that show still works. It's, it's just entertainment has changed to the point now where a guy from, I think it's Warsaw, Indiana will watch Newcastle people. Is it Wabash or Warbash? Or Warsaw? Warsaw. Nobody knows. War. It's but, impossible to know. Y- you know, it's, it's not something to be mourned that there's no, that Marvel movies are the only movies they can make. It's a great opportunity for you to buy a DSLR and become a character like these two. Yes. You know, and God damn it, do I'm your genuine. own content. Yeah. 
Walk away. Make your own. Yeah. Yeah. It's a perfect opportunity for it. There's tons of different venues for you to release your own content. I don't know what Harry's watching and talking about half the time in our post, but we're still friends. As much as I would like for this to be an old school all episode on a Saturday morning where we go for four hours. Let's go. It is a school night. It's some, of us, it is true. some of us, some of us have work in the morning. Oh, I'm on vacation for two weeks. I know. I cannot <laughs> believe I messaged Chris and I said, I don't know what we're going to do this week. Maybe I can get Chris to come out. I said, he's going to tell me no, because this is his hibernation period. Uh, but he instead was just moderately difficult and said, oh, I couldn't possibly do a Thursday, uh, but maybe Wednesday. And then we get through Christmas, and I'm like, I, you know, I did my negotiating well, on this side with these guys, and I got a Wednesday commitment. And yesterday, Spengel's like, "Oh, is that still on?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." Um, <laughs> and then Harry, Harry, I just out of curiosity, when did he contact you? And was it Sunday? Contact, yeah. It was like All Saturday. Right. And and it, honestly, when he messaged me, I even was like, "Yeah." So like, which January? Which Wednesday in January? <laughs> I had a, it was like what this one I, I literally you can just look at the text I, it's like Chris. I would have loved to not have come here <laughs> I would have loved to have stayed home but as many of you know I am now married which means I can no longer relax in my own house that's not allowed when you're so, married so yeah, Newcastle well. looked appealing so true. sitting around and watching Hitler documentaries for two weeks straight is that, no longer on that version agenda. of Chris is dead that has been murdered <laughs> not dead murdered sad brutalized oh what are you doing up there? I need help cleaning the house. Well, why are you so grumpy all the time? I don't know. Maybe it's because you won't let me watch Monk and play my video games. Well, you're going to get a smoker. Be outside, chopping so, wood all the time. Yeah. You've got to choose a side. Coming out here had, now was my hibernation because I got an hour to myself. Well, yeah, quite hey. a bit more. You were at Pizza King at 445. <laughs> and it's, it's 930 no, I now. Love, I love my wife. She's <laughs> very was, good. He I'm, was eating lunch with the uh, the four o'clock <laughs> senior <laughs> citizens. I, crowd. I am so joking. I love my wife. I She he's lets me do very happy. But there Some is people, a grain of truth in it. When the, when you have a family and you've got a wife, like <laughs> things are different than like five years ago where I could just sit for two weeks and not answer the phone and not go anywhere and... So something like this is fun. So but. so we are at the point in the show where we do our final thoughts. <laughs> Christy Avery is politicking for four hours. <laughs> no, four no. hours. Four hours. Uh, Christy, here here's how you get four hours. You press rewind and you start from the beginning, <laughs> and you catch you catch the hidden nuggets in here because because there were uh, seven forty four is where we started. Hour forty, and I think yeah. we were we were over we were around thirty minutes on our. Patreon part to our Patreon segment. I'm definitely long. tired. <laughs> you I'm look at it. I can see it in your face. You too, old man. You and me both are like pizza. All right, real quick. I'm That's trying to work my final thoughts, but this, I'm trying to get out of here before my house alarm sets at ten. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can remember the code. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been out that long. Huh? Yeah. Toto be sleeping in the truck tonight. <laughs> Chilling. Don't let him lie to you. He gets called out for late night calls all the time. He makes money. Final thoughts, Harry. What have we learned today? What have we forgotten? I know that both Dakota and Brian rudely interrupted you many times. So. Please finish your thoughts. Tell us about that Cadillac. Did it have leather or cloth, vinyl? Well, tell us. Finish your thoughts. Let's, let's clean things up tonight. Well, first off, Cadillacs are junk cars. Don't buy people Cadillacs. Any dad out there who bought their son a Cadillac for a first car, it's because you secretly hate them or want them to understand why engineers suck. You know you are. Anyways, i like to also give a shout out to honorary key holders like uh, Christy out there. Thank you for listening. And it's low-key on the Wheeler Change Network, not low-key wall anymore. It's low-key on the well network okay okay we're just, we're just low key 
Uh, just low key. The show is just low key. Sorry, it's just low key. Um, yeah. Um, Blame him. Back. He going to run the first yeah, time. I didn't. I didn't approve this change. That's so the. That's the. That's that. the. Is, uh, that why, is that why there's confusion? That's the name. Sorry, that's the name. Of the you show. know what? You know what the picture should be. The little logo should be the key from his from his old apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I am messing with the other yoga because uh, I am creating like another podcast here coming up because uh, uh, oh, I'm separating the two podcasts going in two different directions. You're divorcing so, yourself. I'm divorcing the two. So, so I'm taking Reinhold to the left and taking him. So we just talk politics and then kicking taking him more to the left. Yes. Good and God then, help us. And then kicking um, Vincent to the right. He doesn't need and help. We're going to do like more of a culture oriented podcast. Yeah, so I haven't been invited on low key wall on the wall network. It's just low key on the wall network. Gotcha. Uh, in like a year and a half. Oh, well, been a long uh, time. We, um, because it's been well, a, apparently maybe it was a, because I serial mispronounced the name of the program. Yeah. yeah. Program. Yeah. Program. Wow. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. Uh, are, 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 we in, are we in Soviet Russia? Yeah, boys didn't play well Friday night, but you know, <laughs> maybe we can get a better program. Next year. You know, you know, the YouTube thing that's been really fun is that somebody got, those are called the programs. Somebody got <laughs> totally different than somebody. <laughs> somebody started a YouTube channel with James Carville where he just stands in front of a whiteboard and explains Louisiana history. <laughs> really? Yes. What? That's awesome. Oh, oh yeah, it is he is just spilling the tea on because the this dude from uh the new speaker the speaker of the house Mike Johnson yeah. is a Louisiana guy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And he that triggered the new pecker of the house. That <laughs> the new pecker of the house. That triggered James Carville and something snapped. So he got some college kid to just turn the the camera on and he explains the world in the eyes of James Carville. I got you got to say and, 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 yeah, yeah, and is going to absolutely adore it. I love that, James. Yeah. So it's like That's there's like awesome. two or three hours of him just standing in front of a map explaining who's related to who and who did what and what university was what. Just absolutely spilling it. Anyway, James Carville has a right great there. cameo yeah, a in right Wedding there. Crashers. Thank you. I, I believe he does. He the does. Sensor, him, yeah. him and John McCain. Yeah, he's so in, uh, oh, Wedding James Crashers. James Carville's a national treasure. So low key yeah, low on the wall. Key on the wall. Wall network. Network. And wall network. That's, 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 that's low key wall. I'm going to write this down in pen. Key. Just low key. We'll you're going to get in trouble. Your your year end interview is not going to go well with this attitude, Harry. That's ah, fine. It's uh, it's um, got spangle. quite the attitude, Harry. I have a uh, well. It's a I, reason why I'm so confident. It's because in my contract I have an automatic um, renewal <laughs> renewal for two 2025. So I'm golden to that. <laughs> automatic renewal i gotta speak to my nieces about yeah. this yeah and you know you know it's uh harry's much better at negotiating that's than right you, are. you had no chance my nine-year-old niece runs this network <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 fun you, um are you what? are you gonna are you gonna make make some time for dear leader here or are you gonna use all the time up I'm, dakota's dakota's gonna turn into I a thought pumpkin. about i thought about just filibuster and just taking it all but no no that's pretty much it you got, you take <laughs> filibuster <laughs> <laughs> the uh, gentleman from McCordsville will cede his time. I am not from McCordsville. <laughs> Fountain Town? What is it? Wow. It's a secret you, Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great video game. I hurt my I crank it nice. Like you know what he's business. Hey, yeah, just keep going. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You know, uh, I don't have fine. anything. No, uh be uh I, I'm not going to make it home to watch myself on TV. 
But you can set, set, your, set your VCR. <laughs> that's the greatest first world problem that's ever been spoken on this show before. I'm not going to get home <laughs> to watch myself on television. Ridiculous. Whoever talked and took us on all these. Mysteries. We've had some former politicians in here, but that's the most entitled statement I've ever heard. <laughs> I, I knew him when he scrubbed toilets in the post office, and I knew him when his Chrysler 200 was on blocks. <laughs> you, once, okay? you once said, hey, I'm in town. Because you he get loves pizza. living in Indy. Uh, pizza Lord. He goes, you want to go to get pizza? And I said, yeah, I'd love to go get pizza. And I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I have $7.50 to my name. And he said, oh, that's fine. Yeah, we'll go. And then when the bill came... I gave him $7.50 and he looked at me and he said, where's the rest? And I go, I wasn't lying. <laughs> uh, this is why I have continued to contribute $7 a month to the wall Patreon <laughs> for nine years now. Jeremiah Moral Pizza Society. Uh, yeah. So check out all my projects, chris-bangle.com. That's my link tree. You can find all the different shows and lots of new fun, cool things coming this year that I check. think are fun and cool. I don't care if any of you do either, but we'll see. Maybe you will. Maybe you like won't. many young women on Instagram, check the link in his bio. That's please. Ah! Chris-Spangle.com. Only Chris.net. So, Zach, has this been all you hoped for? That's, <laughs> the, we haven't had a show this long since uh, uh, Travis White was in here wearing 18 different hats. <laughs> yeah, this has been entertaining just to sit back and watch. <laughs> Good old Travis. How you uh, doing, buddy? If you don't love on Brenda Grider right now, yeah, I was gonna say I, I that has come up because she was in the chat earlier. Um, people, you guys are talking about small town. Uh, Brenda Grider, um, she's only got uh, what, less than a week left. Uh, she's the clerk the, treasurer. Uh, clerk treasurer, um, stepping away from that. Um, one of the hardest working people in Newcastle. One of those people that does a lot of things that make uh, the town a lot better. She was kind of instrumental in the big bike giveaway. They get like they gave away like two hundred bikes at a Broad Street Cruise a couple months ago. Um, so we had a local family member of a fireman diagnosed with cancer and Brenda shows up with a cavalcade of people and they got a check, they got some Christmas gifts and they got an all expenses paid trip to Disney. Um, nice. just delivered to their front door. I also know that Brenda also, she messaged me, uh, the week before Christmas and she's like, Hey, your kid got a bike, didn't he? Or did he get a bike? Cause my son's bike was stolen off the porch. And I said, yes, my son was taken care of. And she's like, okay. I'm working some magic. Just wanted to, to check in. I noticed that the Broad Street Cruise people worked with Pointer Brothers and they were delivering bikes on Christmas Eve, I think, to kids who didn't know that they had bikes coming. And um and they weren't like nothing to knock on Walmart. They weren't Walmart bikes. They Pointer weren't puffies. No, but Pointer they were like custom painted Pointer Brothers um bikes with that were like sweet looking. So Brenda's been working and um she's also a prime Santa's helper for all the kids that mail stuff to Santa. Um so just small town. Brenda's one of those people that makes small town Newcastle great. Um, and she got a standing ovation at her last city council meeting and she deserved it for all the stuff she did out of the city council. That's the least of the work she does for the community is, is in her elected position. So kudos to Brenda. I'm not sure she's still listening. 
Um, but she should maybe past about. her bedtime. Yeah, it might be past her. But she, yeah, she should, she should take whatever <laughs> take whatever vacation time she had. Just burn it. Dakota, the youngest person in the room, is exhausted. Yeah, yeah. Dakota, when I met that's him, all I when I met Dakota, he was seventy seven years old on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> and I could see it in, he's his, all like in Jackson's a, eyes. He's all like Jackson his third has Buick. inherited it too. Yeah, <laughs> Jackson's three going on forty seven. <laughs> he's like. <sighs> I guess we'll have pizza now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dakota's yeah, been through, he's been through Buicks, not a Buick. No, I've only had one Buick. <laughs> you do that phrase, but that's all I'd say was shout out to Brenda and now on to whatever Dakota's final thought was, she'll be probably good night. We're just going to skip right over hey, Brian. Dakota, Zach says, well, we're done with. Yeah. <laughs> Dakota, make it quick. <laughs> Brian? <laughs> I cede my time to Brian. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm getting tired now. <laughs> I've grown Brian, quite through it. You have no more than ten minutes to tell us you love us. <laughs> I do love you guys. Um, no, uh, I would just reiterate the point Harry made about cybersecurity threats. So one of the things I'm doing here locally in uh, Newcastle is uh, I'm I partner with a company that does uh, cybersecurity penetration testing services for small <laughs> and medium businesses. I knew I couldn't say it without getting him to giggle. Um, <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's going in 2024. Uh, a lot of companies, especially uh, if you are in a regulated industry. Uh, so I do a lot of work with like credit unions, banks, um, anybody who has any private information has to deal with like HIPAA, mm-hmm. uh, PCI, stuff like that. So if you need to have a penetration test, <laughs> I, I, know, I just got to say it one more time for Chris. <laughs> Um, please give me a shout uh, at Brian Nichols Consulting. I'm located right here, literally next door um, on Ray Street. So, uh, yeah, happy to help. Uh, and, Somewhere yeah. north of Q. You should say for Pen the long test. Time Pen test, yeah. I, I'm going to say penetration test one more time for Chris, <laughs> just because, uh, just to get him to. If you need little. penetrated, call Brian Nichols. 765 yeah, 529. Yeah, like, before or after the penetration test. <laughs> You know, it depends on how much we find, Chris. Really, it depends on how much we find. (laughs) Uh, Other than that, though, no, uh, Brian Nichols Show, you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, I've been doing the show since 2018, so I got 800 episodes. It's uh, wild. And uh, other than that, no, I love being a part of this great network. It's good to do these in-person conversations. Mm -hmm. So usually my conversations are like on a computer screen. Isn't it nice to get invited on a show once in a while? Sure is, Jer. Name me a Saturday for where you're ever in town. Yes, right. You're never in town. <laughs> we invited you. Invited. I did you not ask for the finger pointing at nine o'clock. That's his fault. That, that is my. Fault. And you invited me the day before, <laughs> saying I. And you you qualified your ask, saying I know it's probably a long shot. I'd forgotten. <laughs> we decided on Wednesday. I was so then, upset. Friday came along and he goes, uh, "Did you invite Brian?" I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> I was so upset. And I would have, I would have been able to probably figure out a way to make it work, but then I was like, you know, just it was, twenty-four hours, <laughs> nine month old, just no, I get it. Mm-mm. I mean, I had have a younger child, but I made it. It's okay. It was a Brian episode. Congratulations, we needed Brian yeah. for that episode. Ten Dakota, what, what, what have we learned today? Nothing much. <laughs> Dakota, it was entirely a waste of time. I'm sorry I was here. Uh, Dakota is struggling to stay awake I'm right just, now. Tired. Now. He ate. He ate seven chocolates and then a, fell asleep. But chocolate, <laughs> literally four years old. <laughs> tired. A finger last dip night we honey. Had a, last night we had a candy party. Reagan and Matthew went to bed at like eight, and so Eleanor and I stayed up <clears> till like eleven, <throat> and oh. she ate too much more candy than she's ever eaten in her life. 
And then she's running around, running around, running. Can I go to bed now? That's exactly what happened with Dakota right now. That's exactly what's happened to me. Uh, I've been up since 4.30, though. Same. It's just the way it is. I'm tired. should do more yoga. I was up at 4.30 exercising. That's what I was doing. Same. So, I'm just saying. We're exercising all Your point is. All right. So, next week's show, uh, we will be here on Thursday. We will be here on Thursday. We have secured an interview with uh, former state representative and new town councilman for Louisville, Indiana, Tom Saunders. Uh, the Honorable Tom Saunders. He, he is got promoted. On his, he is on his book tour. Uh, he and Daryl Radford have uh, have written a book. Uh, it's his tell-all from his time in the State Statehouse. Uh, it's going to be a must-have for Henry County uh, historians and those interested in uh, what has happened in this, over this uh, the time Tom was uh, was in the State House. The man went from being a janitor in the county courthouse to being a uh, state legislator for over twenty-five years. Uh, so I'm excited to have uh, have them come and tell stories and see see where it goes. Is Daryl coming too? And Daryl Daryl Radford will be here as well. So it's going to be a great show. Uh, I hope Dakota can stay up for it. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll come on around seven o'clock. So it's, it'll be an hour and a half, two hours after the sun went down. I, it's going to be a struggle. It always is. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah's wife is waiting in the parking lot. All right. <laughs> it has been for like twenty minutes <laughs> at least. <laughs> She's ready to go to bed, and she had to pick him up. <laughs> Yeah, With it, was, that. it was 12 minutes ago. She's like, wait in the parking lot. <laughs> I, I will not be home by 10 for those wondering. <laughs> With that, figure thank out you for participating. This has been great. <laughs> we will see you a week from One tomorrow. more thing. Jesus. <laughs> Matt Whitliff and I are history nuts and news junkies, and we forever talked about how much history applies to modern politics. And we often fail to see the parallels in the past. So he and I have embarked on a long journey from antiquity to the present, where we're going to illustrate where our ancestors can help us build a better future. So subscribe now to the History of Modern Politics to get the full backstory on our current events. There are two episodes a month, and they're available now to subscribers of Wall Plus or at historyofmodernpolitics.com. Or you can subscribe to the public podcast feed to get episodes in 2022. In the span of two years, podcast advertising has become a billion-dollar industry. Why? Changes to social media and search engines aren't getting the same results as they used to. And let's be honest, why would anyone want to financially support them? Plus, the loyal audiences of audio brands have a better return on investment. Need more convincing on that? Look up Edison Research's Infinite Dial. As the longest-running libertarian network, the audience of the We Are Libertarians podcast network have been our partners in growth for almost a decade. We are looking for advertisers that will enhance the lives of our listeners, and we have only six slots available for companies that are looking to grow with us. Volume matters in advertising, and no other libertarian brand can offer you over 40 episodes across 10 shows a month while reaching tens of thousands of people for one easy monthly payment. It is simple. Email me now, Chris Spangle, at chrisspangle.com, and let us start supporting your business as you support ours.